Hobbs, you're going to love this album we're talking about. <laughs> that is true. This is a boy, real... Are, are they around for the riots? <laughs> this is a riot album. This is a riot. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Don't worry. All the questionable stuff that we said mere moments before I said yep. welcome to the podcast. Not It recorded. has been cut. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist. In. <laughs> Never happened. It never happens. Uh, but um, this how's is a special episode. Yeah, I'm how's, good. I'm chilling. Jazz? Jasper, how are you? I've been on vacation. Are you uh, yes, sir. Yeah. A little, little out of town stunt to New York back now, though. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Look, it's been a great week. It's been because a good week. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> My God. The biggest news story this week. I'm. Absolutely. I'm so excited. So excited. <laughs> no, I'm actually so excited. I, I, oh my god. We'll get when we get to the news story. But like, I had a very emotional time revisiting Acid Rap yesterday. I'm, I, I'm excited to dive. Into I it. left. I ended work at three thirty, and I was like, I'm gonna visit my friend Mary, <laughs> and then listen to this album on my couch. And I'm not gonna lie, I cried a couple times. Like. <laughs> I, I get it, honestly. Was was Acid Rain one of them? Yep. Acid yep. Rain is so Acid good. Rain was the second one. So good. Yep. If you can it's if you so can good. uh guess the other one, I'll Venmo you four dollars. Uh my Ooh. guess is gonna be um lost. God damn it. Okay, send your Venmo. Like <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> send your Venmo. <laughs> I know that album. It was four dollars. <laughs> like <laughs> All right, like, well, I'm not that gonna... was the easiest money I've ever made. Like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as basic as we are. Yeah. Um, let's just jump right into the news. Yeah, let's get into uh, it because we want to spend a lot of time on the album. Yes. Um, this week, or actually, we might as well say it. We're recording a little bit later, so oh we've yeah, had the luxury. We, I meant to like. I was gonna like post like a story and be like podcast coming late with like a run the jewels in the background but i didn't <laughs> like i've been busy <laughs> that's all right we were all working today um we're a little bit late this week um the sun is out we're using natural lighting which is insane not me, <laughs> not me. i don't get natural light in this apartment i'm southern facing another apartment building so i don't get natural light in here after two i'm the, in the prison yeah, I'm about to say good. that's the city life. <laughs> my living room gets good natural light, but not my, not my bedroom. It sucks. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but yeah we're here. We're live. Um, so we actually we get to get all the news. <laughs> Sometimes we leave out. Yeah, some stuff, no, we but, did. I even was yeah. able to listen to some of these songs. It's true. Did you listen to Jack Harlow's new album, Jackman? I did not listen to Jack Harlow. <laughs> I was not about to check out that three uh, three piece Jack Harlow combo meal. <laughs> no, yeah. the best um, album of the year. <laughs> he just randomly announced it in the middle of this week. I, mean, I have no I, idea what to expect. Even if I have zero interest in the album itself, I always kind of fuck with that. To be mm-hmm. honest, I'm I'm never mad when an artist is like, "Hey, there's something Surprise. coming tomorrow." Right? right. Like I think that is. Don't get me wrong. Like there are the examples of like really good rollouts that like are an experience in and of themselves. But I think there's something to be said about, like, just fucking let the music talk. And it's kind of (laughs) shocking Jack Harlow is going that route. He's the one that did it. But I don't know. I like it when it happens regardless of who it is. I mean, at least so far, I have not seen anything negative. 
Which no. is like that. I, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but like the way the well, internet like, works nowadays. Yeah, no, you would, I remember when <laughs> you would album, know if it was really bad. <laughs> the album we talked about last year. What was it? The, the, the kids miss you. Call I'm, the kids or something or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> the kids miss you. Yeah. Uh, we both just said two random things. Yeah. I don't think anyone was right. Anyway, like I remember falling asleep after ed- editing the podcast at like eleven at night. And then, like, waking up the next morning and the internet deciding, no, but this is real bad. Yeah, no. So It, it was I, collectively. <laughs> then again, I'm not on Twitter anymore, so that could be a factor. Like, You, that's good. Twitter is something right it. now. I do not like Elon Twitter. It is. <laughs> we, we won't get into that <laughs> for the sake of the listener. Yeah, it is not. But the For You page is basically World Star. That's all I'm going to say, and I hate it. I'm... Absolutely. Yeah. I think it makes World Star look like the like the Intercept. <laughs> well, yeah. we actually do have good see, albums coming out. Yeah, I mean, like um, no shade to Jack Harlow. I'm oh yeah, sure we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure White Man Can't Jump remake is going to be fine. That I'm <laughs> that actually I'm very excited for. Are you really? No, I, I like the first one. Obviously, the, the, it's a it's a black classic. I just think it like that movie. I don't know. I feel like that movie. I'm not usually this position, but I feel like that movie is just so like specific and like a classic. I just don't think a remake would work. I'm usually pro remake, so Mm -hmm. you know, I I ain't hating. It's not like you can't just forget this one exists. I'm I'm okay with this, yeah, only because it gives Nike a reason to bring back the Air Command Force and hopefully do it in the correct sizing this time. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, to the public? I obviously don't have, like, a moral issue with, like, a White Man Can't Jump remake. It was just, like, mm. really? It may not be as good as you think. <laughs> okay, like, let's I, be honest, then. Out of all of the black films that you've seen and that are considered black classics, what do you want to be remade if you could pick one? Because, like, mine oh, would be Juice, super... personally. That's a good one. This one is... Probably, I'm very biased because this is one of my favorite, this is top 20 favorite movie of all time. Okay. I didn't even know it was like a black classic until like I talked to, or like a hood classic until I talked to Ozzy and Drew about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But King of New York. Okay. King of New York. That'd be a good one. It's like one of my favorite movies. I remember me and Ozzy were like working on a spec script in January Mm -hmm. 2020. And we were like, why don't we try and like make something? It's like King of New York, but we'll set it in Chicago. It'll be like modern times. And like and like we came up with this whole idea of like this gang member who lives on the west side and like this opening image of like him standing looking over the neighborhood and like the sun setting behind his head. So it looks mm-hmm. like a crown. So That's we called, pretty dope. and we called it what you call that part <clears throat> of a crown. Corona, which is crown in Spanish. And the gang, the Spanish gang, and then we got the virus. <laughs> and it's like and everything I can't, went downhill. I can't use this. <laughs> like this entire concept based on this yeah, image it's gone is now. gone. Can't use that. That's but, pretty dope, though. Yeah. So hopefully, no one takes it. <laughs> well, it's free now. You can have it if you're going to try and put out a movie with like the word Corona in it. Like, <laughs> go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Jasper, do you have any picks at all? So if we're doing, yeah, I've got one, but it's not necessarily a movie. Um, Okay. And I'm sure this isn't like a super original idea, but it's something that came to mind when we were talking about this. I want a Fresh Prince reboot 
but instead of it being about like Will's character, I want it to be Will as like the new Uncle Phil, basically. And oh, like, oh yeah, like oh and, that's a different so approach. J- Jaden is like Mister Privileged Bel Air kid and gets <laughs> sent to Philly to learn what life is really like. Yeah. So it's like the reverse of the original. I like that idea. That's I, good. I, I know that is a good idea. It, it's very much like a Twitter meme your normie friend from work shares. Yeah. But it's a good idea. It's unidentified. I, I want that to exist yeah. because I, that, I could I feel like that could be like a really interesting show. That could be really fun. Yeah. You can go a lot of directions with that, <laughs> yeah. honestly. And you look I'm... at like the philanthropy stuff that Jaden does even like in his personal life and it's like Yeah. It kind of lines up. Yeah. Like it could. No, that'd be fun. I would like that. I just think we're not going to get another Fresh Prince no. remake. Yeah. Would, is anyone watching the new season? No, but I've heard it's good. I have heard, okay. like, my buddy Christian went out to dinner with him, and we had watched the first season. Me and him watched it together, and then I roped you into it. Mm-hmm. And I watched the first episode, and I just haven't. But I've been really bad about TV. I don't really watch as much TV as I used to. And watch uh, any TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it doesn't have a dragon, I'm like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> like, if there's not... Well, wait, not True Detective, though. I am so excited for the new season of True Detective. But uh, What's that on? HBO. If You're you an HBO have not... Fiend. I love HBO. I, HBO Don't is... you mean Max? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Max now. Don't fight the future. Purvis, if you have not watched the first season of True Detective... Jesus Christ, buckle yourself. It's only eight episodes. Whatever you do, do not, do not allow yourself to watch the second season. Like, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> but the thing is that they're anthologies. Every season is a different story, and they all come okay. And It all like, comes together. Season one is the greatest season of television ever produced by Man or Dolphin. Season come two, on. That's a huge title. Not even, not even up there. There's this there's a scene in the fourth episode where they do a federal raid on a drug compound, helicopter and everything, all one take. It's like a seven minute take. And this was before digital cameras when you had to do that shit on film. Like That's insane, it's actually. Yeah. Insane. It's one of the best performances I think ever committed to like film with Matthew McConaughey in it. Like it is insane. Okay. And like it's also like it's spooky. Like it's kind of like it's like very much a horror movie uh, mixed with like it's like Seven. If you've ever seen Seven, yeah, it's not as like gory or scary, but it's like Seven. Ooh, okay. One other movie I would throw out there because that was a TV show, Fresh mm-hmm. Prince. I would say like Do the Right Thing. It's another good option. Oh, I love Do the Right Thing. I. Oh. Or coming to America, even honestly. coming to America would be hilarious. My second one is the wood. That that movie's hilarious. That's a good to me. one. Yeah. My second one is probably Friday. I would love Obviously, if you did yeah. Friday. That'd be tough. I also have an idea for a remake of Duder's My Car, set in the south side <laughs> of Chicago. Uh, it's like a mix of Duder's My Car and uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. It's called Five Wings and Some Mild Sauce. <laughs> like, <laughs> Obviously. There's um, there's I'm... there's a movie kind of like that, The Big Sick, oh, which is yeah. like kind of South Side, kind of like yeah comedy. Yeah, That's, I've uh, seen Camille Camille Nanjani is the the lead. 
Yeah, mine is just, you know, very much like a stoner comedy and not about your wife having cancer. But well, yeah, it started out more more of yeah. that, but I yeah. got you. Yo, that's a they really remade House Party? Yes, they did. I hear it's not great. Well, LeBron's in it, so how seriously did they take the acting? <laughs> I did not know this. Well, if it's not good, then maybe it doesn't Yeah, matter. no, I have not heard good things about the remake of House Party. All right, well, never mind. I take it back. I saw Kid Cudi, LeBron James, DC, Young Fly. Kid, Cudi, Kid Cudi's filmography is a crapshoot. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some really good ones on there. X is solid. Mm. Say that again? The, the party one? Oh, the yeah, that one. I haven't seen it. I have a thing. With, I can't do horror movies. I just have a I very, gotcha. very he's low. Doing a, he's doing a lot of horror lately. He's yeah. going to be in like an Evil Dead remake or something. Yeah, no, I I know about X. I think X sounds dope, but it's just a movie I won't be able to see. Uh, yeah. He was in Don't Look Up. I thought he was really good in that. He was solid for, yeah, for what really the movie solid. was. Yeah, I hear he was very solid in Westworld. I bounced off by the time he showed up. He was okay in Need for Speed. I remember Need for Speed. Oh, my God. I mean, he's got someone Disney now. That's coming yeah. out soon. Yeah, oh, and let's not um, forget Enter Galactic. Like, sure. Yeah, which that I... That was th- Full Hands is Project. Full yeah. Hands is Project. And also probably the best thing we just named. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah like Actually. I would 100% watch Enter Galactic above Don't Look Up and <laughs> Westworld. <laughs> I don't even know if I've seen the other stuff. Don't but Look anyway. Up is fun. It's only like a two-hour movie. Okay, but all right. Do we want to um, get to the singles and videos, or do we have more albums that we haven't talked about? This was the Mike Dean one, the Mike Dean album for twenty three, co-produced by The Weeknd. I've heard he's featured on multiple songs, so yeah, this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be the thing I'm I'm looking I'm gonna be looking listening to. I have not heard it yet, but is it out? It comes out in four twenty three. Oh no, that's Let the name see. of it. No, no, that's the name of it. I believe it's already out. It should be out at least. I think so. I get so ter- topsy turvy because it's Friday. It, yeah, I'm pretty thrown off. I don't know how to search it up because, like, he doesn't have Mike Dean wouldn't have a Spotify page. Yes, I think he does. He does. He does. I'm he does? Right now. It's not oh. out yet. All right. Bye. Yeah, and he has two other projects. He has 420 and 422. So this is a series. really yeah. Okay, then I just found an entire discography I didn't know existed. Yeah, 420 is is a cool one. I remember, I remember when this came out. Yeah, and 422 is called Psychedelic Symphony. So I <clears throat> I don't even know if this stuff is like hip hop or like it sounds like it could just be like instrumental kind of stuff. I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, it's a producer album. Absolutely, you should give them that freedom. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and listen to the ones now. 422 is mostly like. It's all instrumental, um, yeah. but 422 is mostly like electronic, semi-electronic, like a lot of synth type stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but um, <clears throat> then moving on to the single slash videos, we have the first video coming out actually is Vic Mensa featuring G Easy and Chance the Rapper. I knew there was something I had to do today. I did not watch this video yet. You didn't watch this? Not yet. I'm I watch did it. watch this. I'm gonna watch. How's the song? <laughs> Uh, the song's decent. I love his decent. And yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, like, he has another song with G Easy, and, like, I turn it off when G Easy comes on, but, like, I like that song a lot. 
Like I have That's to. Fair. The second I hear G Easy on it, I'm like, nope. And I just like hit the line. <laughs> this isn't the first Ears time again. Shut. <laughs> but I, I I used to be indifferent <laughs> on G Easy, and then I found out about a great many things. Yeah, so I just... I'm in the same boat. So why are we canceling Jeezy? Honestly, yeah. I, I wouldn't I, know. I don't know. I just never like he had that one song that I thought was like cool, but that I mean it, but that was like. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't I know, know that there have know. been. I know that there have been some things of I think cancelable offense that I I'm not familiar with, but for me, like I don't mess with him because of the way he did David Bowie. In terms of what he did a cover of Lazarus. Yeah. Off of Black Star and basically used a song <clears throat> David Bowie wrote about having cancer and like confronting his own mortality, mm. knowing he was gonna die. He basically took it and spun it as like a cover for him to acknowledge scandalous behavior of his. So he like basically took a guy's like I'd say close to Magnum Opus, like end of career work, and used it to in like a very trivial His way and really sure. devalued, yeah, really devalued it in a, a pretty disgusting yeah. way. So, kinda, and it's kinda, not even a good cover. It's not a good cover yeah. at all. It kind of reminds me of like some of the controversy that came out about Blood on the Leaves. Oh where, yeah, where it's like that song samples a song, like the the sample everyone knows from that song is like from a song about lynching. And yep. like the song is about celebrity drama, and it's like, is this really appropriate? And now, like looking back, I think that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> we have some extra questions about that. But like, even at the time, that it's a good song. <laughs> I remember even at the time, people being like, "This is a little questionable." Like, it is a very. I love that song though. Like, I'm not yeah. gonna hate on the song. Even... The difference is that Blood on the Leaves is good. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely. Yeah, that's G-E-Z's definitely Lazarus is trash no. <laughs> yeah no that that's definitely fair because like that's just true i have not heard these lazarus i'm gonna put both links to both in the chat you can't unless you can uh, click it and make me hear it i'm not gonna listen to it <laughs> like... listen to the first 30 seconds and see how different it is do i have to <laughs> maybe like um but moving on to some other singles coming up we have Conway, Conway the Machine coming out. Conway sees it, he's just dropping all the time here. Did you see we have like Griselda, like three Griselda tapes coming out in the next like month and a half? Round two. We're here again. I'm here for it. <laughs> Bring okay. it on. Conway's going to be here at uh, end of May. Tickets are 30 bucks. If there's obvious st- answers, yes. Yeah, yeah, no. If I if if they're still available when I get paid next, I'm gonna buy some. I'll get you one if I do. Like, guys, it, we're going. It's too many at this point. I, <laughs> I haven't said no to like anything I've been asked about. <laughs> because everything that's been like, do you like anything that's been like questionable has been so cheap that it's like exactly. Yeah, it's like absolute twenty dollars or something. Twenty like bucks. That. Yeah. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Why would I say no? Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have Lupe Fiasco coming out. I listened out to this one. Cinder Rock. How, how was it? I didn't listen to this. It was great. I mean, it's Lupe Fiasco. You know, it sounds like an MIT lecture and also the hardest <laughs> shit you've ever heard. Like, uh, He might be the only rapper that's turned into it, like an actual instructor. Uh, I think KRS-One. Okay. So they actually like... Full on, okay. Yeah, I think like there's I did a not few, there's a few of them that are like actual like instructors. 
but yeah, no, he's truly an academic of the genre. I, I never it fits his personality. I never understood the name KRS One. That should sounds like a radio station. Yeah, I agree. I was I. That's what I always for a long time. Like okay, maybe like two years when I was in my teens. But like I thought KRS One was a radio station. <laughs> like that is completely fair. Yeah, like I was a 19 year old from the suburbs. Like, what was I supposed to know? Like, it's like you listen to B96? Nah, KRS One. <laughs> it's like that's a CD. I don't think you know how the technology works. I only listen to this one thing. The radio right. goes through the sky. It's like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are fake, Brandon. Let, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, another person that just popped up this week. No, yeah. su- like no warning. I surprise. am also kicking myself for not listening to this. Yeah, I, I'm ready for this. Miguel, Miguel seems to be back. Maybe working towards something. Definitely an album um, cycle. Yes. Um, the single Give It To Me has dropped. He is an R&B king. He's an R&B king. He, yes. I definitely think <clears throat> he is underrated for his impact on the genre. I feel mm-hmm. like the impact that is kind of like spread out between The Weeknd, Frank Ocean, and him, I feel like a lot of that credit just gets funneled into Frank Ocean and The Weeknd. And probably after last week, it's probably just going to get Hopefully, either recontextualized to include Miguel, mm. but realistically, it's probably just going to be the weekend who's known as like the alternative R and B person. Like, yeah, it's true. And I think Miguel gets severely underrated for that. Uh, Kaleidoscope it's just, is amazing. It's so many other artists I think came out after him. Not stealing his flow or anything like that. That's not yeah. what I'm implying. But it's just. It, it's almost oversaturated. You have Brett Fyash. Yeah. You have Party Next Door. Giveon. Yeah. Well, Giveon um, was years later. Miguel was like in the trenches, like 2012, yeah. 2013. But yeah. But yeah um, no, I, I'm excited for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we have a lot of actually really dope news coming up. Yeah. Um, the yeah, first one, we'll just week. get through it already because we already mentioned it earlier. Oh my um, God. Chance, the rapper, is going to be at the United Center August 19th for a 10-year anniversary to Acid Rap. I, oh. Just saying that was like... <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I'm so excited for this, honestly. I um, This is... We're going to a lot of shows. This is by far the one I'm most excited about. By oh, yeah, far. Absolutely. Yeah. Run Summer Smash? Yeah. Wow. It's tough. The, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Look, Summer Smash as a whole, especially considering the context around it, is super dope. But, like, the the person I'm most excited to see at Summer Smash is Kid Cudi. I've seen Kid Cudi before. I've seen Kid Cudi before. I've never seen Fair. Chance. Well, I haven't seen Chance since 10 Day came out. Um, I haven't seen Chance since yeah. Magnificent Coloring. Yeah, Day. like Same. I, yeah, I haven't seen him since he was at Columbia College Manifest. Like, this is gonna be I, an entirely different person. Obviously, like, <laughs> uh, and like Acid Rap is, in terms of like pure emotional impact, probably like top five projects in my life, top ten. It's probably top two, honestly, for me. Yeah, it's between huge. this and Blonde. This pretty much has dominated like the most listened to yeah. albums. Yeah, no. just because like 
the, the impact that I had to when it came out. And now that we have Frank Ocean doing Frank Ocean things, <laughs> this is now going to be the number one yeah. awaited. Because like this did, is one Travis is two. Because chances on the chances on the rebound. Exactly. You know, like we're starting to forget the I love my wife era. Like how upset will you be if he does it like <laughs> a big day song? It like, depends. If he does all every single acid rap song and then a big day song, I probably won't be too mad. It's just like okay. <laughs> I gotta be real. The whole crowd's just gonna be standing there. It's like, what was it? What is this? What song is if this? If it's hot shower, I might even, you know. Hot shower, I'll sing along, but that's Yeah, hot shower's fun. I like hot shower. Uh but yeah, no, it's uh this is gonna be huge. This is gonna be just one of the the biggest nights of my life, probably. <laughs> but like you said earlier, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I teared up at the Kid Cudi when he was singing the prayer. Yeah. I might tear up at this. Concert. There's zero chance I don't cry at this. <laughs> I Purvis, I'm still disappointed in you for that. The lyrics literally say, "Please don't cry." <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> he just doesn't respect Scott Worth Cudsington. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what could I say? I started singing with him, and I was name? like, "Oh." I'm we crying. should just tell people. We should gaslight an entire generation and say, no, that's his real name. Scott's We've Scott. already said Scott 21 Wilson. Savage is British. We're not going to say King hey, no, no, no. <laughs> 21 Crumpets. Let's go. Tally ho, lads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we will not be doing this again. We've been through this already. I got to say, if he ever like came out and did like a full set, like as like, like the, the oh, King's we're posting Guard, this everywhere. the King's Guard, <laughs> I would respect that. I think that'd be fun. Where's the Stormzy collab? Yeah. We need it. Yeah, I, I think my favorite Stormzy thing was when that whole video. thing, when that whole thing came out, like someone shared like a picture of him from like years earlier, like wearing a like a like a soccer jersey, and it was like there were hints all along. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, low key in yeah. the last album he was in, he talked about Arsenal. So like, yeah. he's just kind of feeding into it at this point. <laughs> he's gonna be in the Adidas, like the Samba, the Arsenal Sambas next or some shit. He's gonna yep. be. In yeah. Ted Lasso, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're all excited for the acid rap show. That's gonna be. You broke purpose. I did. Why would you do this? <laughs> to be fair, it happens like every other week. I can't be. I can't be held responsible at this point. <laughs> You know, like I appreciate probably... the effort of like being included in the soccer conversation. I do not look. Here's the I thing, man. I'm just not. That. I'm just not. I just. I'm not the biggest sports person as a whole. I got no ill will on soccer. Hey, soccer. I respect it. I'm not bad at you. It was just really funny because I did not Soccer's expect cool. that reference. <laughs> I love Ted Lasso. That show's incredible. I've been told. I do want to watch it eventually. Yeah, it's it's almost done. You can almost binge the whole thing. Because, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't mind it, like, when it's something like Ted Lasso. It's just like, you know. Mm. I'll bring out the chart um, later. Uh, moving on. Um, Jasper, did you know about this? I feel like you're the Tyler person. I did not. Yeah. No, like I did not know about pop. this until post it happens. Yeah. I, I've seen a couple of videos trending. It seemed like he did about 20 songs. Um, Where was it even? I believe in California, L.A. I uh, want to say. No wonder I didn't hear about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like, I feel like a lot of things have been circling. I don't know if it was all tied to the concert, but it's been something I've seen multiple times on several different platforms about him saying um, he's not going to allow any posthumous albums. Oh, I did. Um, I did see this. I did yeah. see this. Yeah. I saw okay. like th that particular segment. I didn't realize that was from a pop-up concert. 
Actually, I, I don't know if they're tied together, but like all of these are happening right now. So like, I just kind of think it is. Yeah. yeah, that's been trending, which, hey, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> I no, get it. I can't. People have been like really brutal about like the post-humanist stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think there are times where it's appropriate, but in most cases, in it most has cases, not been, it's not, and it's a huge <clears throat> vector for abuse. Mm-hmm. And then you're fucking with the artist's legacy, which is like the whole thing. They can't even say anything, so it's it's just it's not right. Yeah, no, it's real fucking. Um, but yeah, he said that he was talking about the. The video that you sent me as well, Brandon, I've seen that a couple times lately where he's saying or telling creative people, like, <laughs> don't listen to other, like, non-creative people who just are focused on numbers and sales and things like that. Like, surround yourself yeah. and be committed to, like, creating the actual product. Yeah. Just like anything else, which is always kind of dope. I think it was a little bit more nuanced than that, but yeah. 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 Um, but unfortunately, on the other side of the things, Spotify is doing the exact opposite kind of mentality. Where now they are raising their prices. Now um, it's almost inevitable that it's coming at this point, right? But they haven't like officially announced like at this date it's going to be at this price. Correct. Mm-hmm. The article that you sent me, I didn't see any like hard numbers. Yeah, there. I didn't see any dates. I didn't see any hard numbers. I think it's just something the CEO is talking about, which of course they are. All they want is money. This is true. And like, you said it was like inevitable. I'm just curious. Like, did you see something trending? Every like single streaming service. All streaming is going all up. All streaming services raise their prices eventually. Spotify mm. has held out this $10 price point for a really, really long time. Uh, but that, that still doesn't mean I think it's appropriate because I don't think they're giving us any more. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that arguably the app is getting worse. Hey, that that AI DJ puts in fucking overtime. I like I like the AI DJ. Listen, I got the <laughs> notification from Spotify today. I was in a top twenty percent of DJ listeners. Okay, nice. I yes, me and X are homies, but <laughs> I do think like the design has gotten pretty ass. Like I do not like the TikToky ass. Uh, I did see the update on a desktop version. I like, like the, the desktop. Concept. I like the new desktop. Yeah. I love the I was about new to desktop. say, the concept of having your library on the side was nice. No, I love the new desktop. It translate over app. to the phone. Very 100%. No, it does not. Well, because like on the phone, it's all like single slide like TikTok, you know? And it's video content. It's like, this isn't a video app. Like, it's nice. You can just turn that off. That's turned off for me. I was going to say, I don't have that point. Well, I've turned it off for podcasts. I guess I got to turn it off again for... I've turned off, like, the live backgrounds and everything because I don't like it. Yeah, mine's just, like, static. And then when I scroll down, it's, like, I see the lyrics. That's all I have. Uh, It's, like, the album and then the lyrics at the bottom. Oh, no. It's, like, on your home screen. Like, I don't... Not everyone's gotten it pushed out. I only have it on my music Oh, I have it. When you actually click into, like, music. Music. But, like, the thing is, when the... Clicking into your music, that's the stage right now. They're pushing it out where that's the main page on mobile. Oh, yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. No, that's eventually going to be <laughs> the main page. I just updated it. And I do not like it. Like, I'm, just, I'm curious. What's the so drive I, behind it? Because like it, it, there's no additional feature like improvement to quality or use or anything. anything. It's like, corporate <laughs> thinking. It's, it's, can, we, can we talk about something real quick? What okay. are we talking about? 
just a, a total sidebar because I'm scrolling through this and it's like different things that gotta are coming up gotta be a sidebar me. about a remakes. I'm sorry. That's our... <laughs> it's sidebar about this. It's sidebar about Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. Um, as a huge Lil Uzi Vert fan, I don't really and haven't ever really messed with Just Wanna Rock and I feel like it's really overhyped for like what it is. I feel like I hear it everywhere. He has so many better songs that people could go hard to. I just don't understand the fixation with it. But that's just, just me. Perfect just, TikTok song. It's just the that's perfect really fair, fair. I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's the, just the attention the span. Like, yeah. yeah, okay. And it's also quickly becoming his most popular song. Like, I know. You, it's like just it like it's so devoid of actual yeah. anything. That's weird. I'm, I don't think I don't it's devoid. It. I think it's a fun song. I like I. Then again, like I'm not in circles where I hear I just want to rock often. I yeah. hear it only when I want to. Like, True. Yeah. It's just it's so short. It's just like it is. Like it's it, and then it's done, and people the, go hard to like that. Speaking of Spotify, that's what happens. Like, when yeah, music streaming has made music shorter. Like you yeah. don't get bridges anymore. You got to get to the chorus. You don't get you know. You will not find a three verse song often. <laughs> yeah, not often. You know. Even like really serious artists, not not often. True. All right. Um but yeah, no, I this sucks. Spotify if you're watching this because we're on your platform, don't do it, dude. Come on. Like don't. That's my best argument. Never like you said. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best argument. No, please. <laughs> Stop, dude. Like be chill about it's, it. It's it's the uh Willy Wonka. No, don't. Stop. <laughs> Come <know>. back. <laughs> I think I think what I'm going to be doing eventually is I'm going to sign up for the uh, the duet like the just have me and Rachel share like the thing because you get two different accounts. Oh, oh yeah, I, I have a I'm on a family plan. My my yeah. I have family who uses Spotify for work, so I yeah. get it through that, and it's it's nice. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to do that because like twelve dollars, it's two accounts. It's like well, and you can like lock it in for a year. Hmm. Ugh. What? Um, then moving some, on. Here's some good news. Very good news. Um, and well-deserved news. Kendrick Lamar has now, his his latest tour for his album is now the highest grossing tour ever by any, um, obviously I think it's very deserved and very obvious why it happened. Do you think it'll ever be like... I don't know what what I was thinking about when I put this in the news. The videos that you sent me on TikTok about like him being compared to Taylor <laughs> Swift that's going on a lot right now, and it's like it... <laughs> my I just want how are you going to compare to Pippa Butterfly to 1989? Kendrick is on both albums. It's not even he's just on Bad Blood, just... like he's on both albums. How are you doing this? I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, how you clear, clear winner. <laughs> There's something I want to point out with this. Okay. Um, I, I shared this link to the to the group chat because I think it's interesting. the The person who he just passed up prior to that was Tyler the Creator mm -hmm. for "Call Me If You Get Lost." One thing that these are definitely not taking into account is any type of adjustment for inflation. That definitely um, makes sense. That and I'm looking because I'm looking at it now, and right now, Big Steppers tour as of 2022 grossed 110.88 million, right? Which is a lot of money. 
you look at total gross across the 2020s, the number one grossing tour is actually Harry Styles at 417 million. So yeah. it may be that this is for the genre specifically, but oh, yeah. even that's the right rappers. That's but the, even then, uh, yeah, that's there's the like, yeah, there are a lot of different ones. Like the Rolling Stones, you look at like the 90s, they made over half a million adjusted for or half a billion adjusted for inflation yeah, over like the same period. No, yeah, you really make your money from concerts and yeah, dude. The, the Stones, the Stones hold the top for the 90s and the 2000s. They made 560 million adjusted for 2023 gross in the 90s, and then 729 million of the two in the 2000s. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Jesus, craziness. Man. Elton John in the 2010s, 853 million dollars. Oh, Bruno Mars is at number 17. He's actually got a nice to know. I feel like he's he really deserves it. He was he our generation, so uh, like Michael Jackson. He, I'm not comparing sure. the two, but like he's our generations, basically. Yeah. You know what, man? Shout out Roger Waters for doing his thing. Pink Floyd is listed yeah. here too, but also just Roger Waters solo is like Roger Waters mm-hmm. tours like a motherfucker. I know it's crazy. It's I'm crazy. amazed I haven't seen him yet, to be honest. I just i I didn't grow up on Pink Floyd, and it just kind of missed me. I feel you. Yeah. Surprisingly, same. Yeah. It's um, just like it's extra weird, like going being like, yeah, I never really listened to Pink Floyd, and like my dad owns like The Wall and Dark Side of the Moon and all those. Yep. It's like a lot uh, of people I encounter. It's either it's either Michael Jackson or Pink Floyd. I feel like I've but, never really. It's like one of the two. Yeah. It's like their family was like much more into this person, much more into the other person. My parents were into the Elvis and the Stones and Rush. My dad was super into Rush. Mm-hmm. Rush is good. Rush is great, I think. But once again, Giddy Lee's is voice is a little grating for me, though. Ooh, like I, over a long period, I, I can't. I objectively can't disagree with you. <laughs> But I don't. Tom Sawyer hits, but like I don't. (laughs) I mean, on the one hand, though, like my thing is that like twenty one twelve is just. I know it's it's good. It's really when I try to sell older people on like modern music, I'm like, go listen to Frank Ocean's Pyramids. He does in ten minutes what it took Rush forty minutes (laughs) to do with twenty one twelve. That's like the the highest compliments I can give it. Like, Like. Pyramids didn't have Neil Pert though. Let's go. Yeah, that's fair. Scott John yeah. Mayer though. It, some people would appreciate that. Others very much would not. I think John Mayer is a very good guitar player. Like he I, is. He I, is. I, his, just, his solo stuff is. It varies. It varies. It's very scattershot. Some John Mayer albums are incredible, and some are not. <laughs> my my hot take about John Mayer is that I think he's a much better guitarist than he lets on. And he deliberately does it because he has to re- maintain pop appeal I, and like kind oh, of makes it a little simpler. I think when you, I'll go a step farther. I think when you look at like the stuff he does on other people's tracks, because he's a very common guest guitarist, whether mm-hmm. we're talking like Frank Ocean or someone like Fallout Boy, yeah. you can see it. For like, sure. I, I think you could totally see it. So I agree with you 100% on that. All right. Yeah, he doesn't want to be Buckethead. He yeah. wants to have a spotlight. <laughs> I've been listening to Buckethead this week. I love Buckethead so much. 
You know he, uh, <laughs> Purvis. Do you, Purvis do you know, needs, do you know he's like Purvis a mass, needs to listen to Buckethead. Do you know he like played basketball like professionally under like I, I think like no one knows who he is. I know, yeah. But he's like seven feet tall. Yeah. And the funniest thing is that like he wrote the hardest song. He's known as like this virtuosic guitar player who has never revealed his identity, right? Okay. He writes like <clears throat> the most difficult music to play on a guitar. Yeah. And for Guitar Hero 2, he wrote like the hardest song he's ever made. And he named it after who he considered the greatest of all time to be. And it's called Jordan. Yep. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So like it's he's a cool dude. I I've recommended him on the show before the Jasper era. Okay, but I recommended uh Soothsayer. Actually, no, I do remember you. Yeah, Soothsayer. It's an one of the most emotional songs I've ever heard, and it's completely instrumental. Oh, apparently they do know who Buckethead is. Let me see. <clears throat> yeah. Am I am I about to spoil this Your for you? I well, I guess think... we don't really know what he looks like. We just know his name. Yeah. Yeah, he's always like worn like a mask and like a KFC bucket on his head. <laughs> Real he looks like something out of he looks like something out of us. Yeah, he looks like a monster. Welcome to Buckethead Land is such a fun song. If you want to have like a fun three minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, do we want to talk about on track? Do we want to talk about something hip hop related? Well, Brandon, you found this. What? Yeah, and I think this is a excellent thing that's happening. Are you guys familiar with what Internet Archive is? No. Okay, so the idea is that, like, as human interaction and human culture has, like, moved into, like, the digital space, mm. obviously, like, digital things, digital artifacts erode a lot faster than, like, real books or, like, stone tablets or anything, right? So you have to actively archive it. And with the end of the mixtape era, there's been a lot of questions about what was going to happen to Dat Piff. And Dat Piff is going away, right? Um, And the last few weeks, they've been teasing that, you know, they were going to enter a new era. A lot of people thought it was going to be like a cryptocurrency thing or an NFT thing. But what they did was they teamed up with the Internet Archive to permanently save their mixtape database in the archives so that none of that music is lost that's actually pretty hyped in yeah so that's a lot yeah i don't think book publishers will ruin this mostly because i i'm relatively intimately familiar with the spaces in which book publishers are ruining the space and i don't see the internet archive as being a part of it well that is unfortunate because i think it was what a month ago, uh, a judge sided with book publishers in a l- lawsuit against the Internet Archive on a federal level for changes to their digital lending practices due to COVID. So we're looking at uh, increased regulation in this space and potentially a limiting of the Internet Archive's ability to host content. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Sure, but it's definitely, it's objectively better than it just disappearing when the DATPIF ter- servers turn off. Definitely. There, there's no area in which it's like it's a worse outcome than that. I was going to say, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of pushback. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. A, there's pushback by everything, you know, like mm-hmm. by every corporation that sells IP. Like they're always going to push back against anything that exists in the public space. 
Right. Just look at Disney's assault on copyright laws. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what happened here? Them. What happened here is Hatchet Book Group, HarperCollins, John Wiley and Sons, and Penguin Random House all sued for mass copyright infringement for loading out digital copies of books without compensation or permission from publishers at the start of COVID. Now, libraries typically do what's called limited digital lending, where they license ebooks from publishers at a huge markup, and then they control the release by only lending out a certain number of digital yeah. copies at a time. I'm a very active user of Chicago Public Library, and it sucks. Yeah. Now, the Internet Archive uh, basically, during COVID, increased the amount of digital lending that they were doing at basically an unlimited scale, where the PDF or whatever it was would expire, but it would not... Yeah, uh, it it would still release as many as possible. But basically, now the judge's determination is that the archives' fair use defense rests on the notion that lawfully acquiring a copyrighted print book entitles the recipient to make unauthorized copies and distribute it as long as they do not simultaneously lend the print book. But no case or legal principle supports the notion. Every authority points the other direction. So. That's kind of the concern there. We'll see what the Internet Archive could do going forward because they support a whole lot of really important initiatives, including yeah. preservation of video game uh, technology and files that have right. been lost due to time or decay. And then they also support the Wayback Machine, which supports older archive versions of web pages. Yeah. And like, look, I my immediate reaction to that is, of course, like, oh, you're telling me the most conservative court system in you know the last 150 years sided with the massive corporation. Of course they do. Big, big whoop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, any rights issue, you know, the laws on this are always going to be fluid. So I think it's important to realize, like, yeah, like, I think that's an important thing to bring up. But, like, as the courts change, and right now it seems like the only thing Joe Biden is interesting, interested in doing is assigning federal judges, right? So as the courts change, I think rulings on this are also going to change because they always do. Uh but That's like, <clears throat> but like, no, you're right. Like, and it's obviously fucked up. Like, I, I 100% think like a lot of these classics should be freely available. I don't know why there's any hurdles to having an educated populace. I don't know why the library isn't like as easy to access as YouTube. Yeah, like you, yeah. Should, you should be able to download, you know, all a history book as easily as you can go to YouTube and watch a 21 Savage video. I'm I'm certainly not telling anyone that piracy is good, and I'm also certainly not telling anyone that libgen.ru is the place to maybe not .ru anymore, but Man, libgen I get is the, saved on the browser <laughs> is the place yeah. to to get any kind of books required. Yeah. Also, if anyone's listening to this who needs books for school or research papers, instead of going through some expensive aggregator and paying for it, email the author directly inquiring about it and they will likely send you the source document for free uh that is so good always and also like just contact the author because you can usually buy even fiction books cheaper and you support them directly 100 percent. yeah because like one of my rubs is that like i you know i want to be in publishing at one point like maybe in the next five years so it's like i don't want to like not give them any money because it feels like you know contradictory to like what i want to accomplish but i also don't want to give shit to amazon i want Bandcamp for books that's what i that's exactly what i want yeah it's like a pay pay what you want or they put up the price that they you want and then they get a direct cut it's not when i rob these advertising motherfuckers of all i can <laughs> me and rachel are going to open a bookstore and just 
retire off of that. Like, Hell yeah, so dude. you could be an angel investor if you want. Like, let's go. <laughs> Burvis, you could just hang out there and like put a do rag on your cat if you want. Like, Most likely is what I'll do. Like, I'll have the cat have a second home there. Yeah. The wave, the waviest cat. She, in do you know that? Do you know that pic you sent me? That's always like when you smoking with your cat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rachel said that to me. It's like if Purvis lets we watch Zay. It's like. They just post it up. And I'm like, that's very similar to what he does at home. Like, it's true. He's, and then she's like, I'm going to knit him a do rag. Literally I'm just like, posting up. Like, but yeah, he's no. going to wear it. Yeah. So anyway, I thought this was like a super big deal. I, I came up in the blog era. So knowing that yeah, this, is this stuff is going to at least have some level of protection. It makes me feel a lot better about this. I mean, we just talked about acid rap. At time of recording, I don't think you can listen to the original acid rap. That might, on streaming. I think that's going to change in the next few days. You're going to get juiced finally. Which is one of my favorite songs on the project. And it's like... I can't believe he couldn't get that cleared. It sucks. I like It's like a highlight on the album, even though the whole album's good. There's not a bad song on that album. No, it's not. Really is. Speaking of albums with no bad songs, <laughs> shall we get to the topic again? Well, we hit a thousand listeners. It's our first major milestone, so we want to thank everyone. And it was something me and Purvis talked about, like when we first started doing this, uh, and we first got into the concept of like, oh, we're going to be covering albums, like giving albums like their shine. We we put aside like a group of albums that we consider to be like these top tier special occasion albums. Right? right. It was like it was like a group of like ten of them. I said your our, our personal your, favorite yeah, albums. Your, yeah. Albums I think intersect with like culture, critical response, and like our personal favorites. Stuff mm-hmm. like Blonde, To Pippa Butterfly, Anti. Um, and I we've always had Run the Jewels too on that one. And when we were like, Oh shit, we hit a thousand, what should our first one be? Like, which one feels appropriate for, like, the smallest milestone, but also, right. like, the first big one? We thought Run the Jewels 2 was the perfect one, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what that's why we're covering this week. Uh, it's an album with a lot to talk about, so we thought it was a really appropriate celebration. I was going to say, and this is, like, your personal classic, I feel like. It's, I'm wearing it on my chest right now. Like, it, this is... This, this is, is your rager. <laughs> this is at any given point in my top three favorite rap albums of all time, and that includes "To Pimp a Butterfly," which I think is the best album I've ever heard. Um, I mean, and like even pre Kanye, even pre Meltdown, I I, w- I remember telling Purvis, I'm like Purvis, I think I put "Run the Jewels" too above "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy," even because like I I, I, I did not accept is, it at first. <laughs> yeah, like I think this is. Like, I just think it is such a piece of art that is also, like, fits into, like, the genre expectations mm-hmm. of hip-hop, right? And almost, like, a lot more narrow genre expectations than, like, we usually get nowadays. It's very – I like to joke that, like, Run the Jewels is kind of in the same group as, like, Freddie Gibbs and Griselda. And it's like, this is what hip-hop would sound like if Kanye West didn't happen. Like – yeah, that's an interesting perspective to look at. Yeah, uh, I will say, swinging back to it this time, because I've listened to all yeah. of them. Yeah, so um, I, I want your guys' perspective, because I know you have listened to them before, but you're not the biggest yes. fan. 
and I think Jazz, this is Jazz's first outing. So. so I recognized after listening to it, I recognized a number of songs that I had heard before, but it wasn't one where I could put it to a name. It was just like, oh yeah, I know this beat or like, I know this yeah. instrumentation. That, like that makes a thing. lot of sense. Cause like even mm -hmm. I, it took me like six months of listening to this album to like know the names of it. Cause like yeah. it flows together. So almost to a detriment in my opinion, like it all kind of feels like one thing. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, like you said previously, I've I've listened to all of Run the Jewels. Um I understand and I will say like circling back to it this time around, I understand the value that they bring to the table and why they are someone that should be set aside on a higher standard. Yeah. Just because of like what they can accomplish, which is not so different from anything you've heard, but like in terms of a bar or a beat actually hitting and impacting the way it's supposed to, like there's no calm moments on this album. Yeah, it's maximum <laughs> like, impact. It, it's a lot going on all at once. And like you don't really get that a lot, especially not in like a collaboration effort. Yeah. Um, even though they're literally a group. So even with that being said, I, I give it a lot more respect circling back to it no. this time i understand like the value that it brings to the table and like i also thinking about you like the entire time i'll be listening to it i know why this is your top three yeah, like like is... it just it makes sense yeah no obviously. like and there's always gonna be like that aspect to it like what speaks to like your values and who you are as a human being is always right. gonna be just a massive factor and yeah this kind of plays to the crowd <laughs> in that regard for me uh i i've I joke with like my personality is just like switching between Run the Jewels two and House of Balloons, like <laughs> which is very true. Yeah, like um, Jasper, what did you think about the album? I liked it. Um, in preparation, I listened to Run the Jewels one. I think once. I think that's. Through. I think that's a perfect prep, because yeah. And then I listened to this one twice through. Once on the flight out of Chicago, and once on the way back today. Mm -hmm. it, and I, I enjoyed it. I think that it is very, it's it's very in your face in a lot of ways. <clears throat> and it's almost, I would say it's almost always to the benefit of the sound and like the energy that they're trying to cultivate. There were a couple times where I was like, I found myself kind of, it was like I was listening, but then I was trying to catch up and like interpret what had been said on the previous line. And it was going very quickly for me. So there was a, a bit of that, like a bit of that kind of like scrambling to keep up kind of feeling, which I didn't mind. It was it, musically it all made sense. So I was enjoying it. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. There, there are certain tracks that were definitely a little more memorable for me, just in terms of like the way they were laid out versus others that did seem a little bit jumbled as far as like how much was being kind of crammed or uh, connected to, to the track. I think that's fair, especially after two listens, you know, I mm. think like, they're once again like lp just kind of like has this nature to like make everything kind of bleed together mm -hmm. and i think that manifest in like having some of the songs blur together right totally like, yeah even, and, even and songs... the, just like the production like lp's production is like being at as stylized as it is with like how grimy it is yeah because that is on present on pretty much every track there's not a lot of differentiation in terms of like the actual production style yeah and like mm -hmm. even songs that like if you listen to that i think work really well like in a playlist setting mm -hmm. uh 
they like bleed together. Like you would be very well forgiven for like thinking they're the same song, specifically Lie, Cheat, Steal and Early. Yeah. It's like you would be completely forgiven for thinking that's just a song with a beat switch. Those like, were two that stood out to me, actually, as some of the more yeah, memorable ones. I, I totally sure. completely agree. Purpose, yeah. why don't you tell us, like, before we go into every track, why don't you tell us, like, what was some of your, your favorite tracks um, going in? I, I think I listened to this three times. I was never able to, like, sit down and pull up the lyrics like I wanted to. But, like, the more you listen to it, the more, like, actual... Yeah lines you pick up which is so essential in hip-hop yeah um by like the third listen i felt like i understood so much more going on yeah blockbuster nights is like way harder the more you listen to dude, it dude i love that song. i, <laughs> like, I love every song of this album so i'm gonna be saying this a lot uh like but blockbuster no, Nights, so yeah a, a chief like the anti-nights i would say <laughs> like if you're like driving to go somewhere and get into trouble Put on blockbuster nights. Like, this is what you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously that that stood out to um stood a lot for me. Um close your eyes, I've heard a thousand times. Yeah. Um I personally for me, I honestly did not like Love Again as much really? as like the other yeah. songs. I can um, I can see it. Love Again yeah. is one of the ones that was memorable only because of how ridiculous the lyrics are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think it pulls it off. But yeah, I can. It's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb on this. All day, Purvis. Yeah, all day. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think look, here's the thing, though. Right, I, I think a few times we brought it up on this podcast. I can't believe I never brought this song up when we talked about this. But especially like when we talked about what was it? Fucking that Drake album that you like that no one else does. Uh, certified lover boy. Which one? Uh, <laughs> that but, no one else loves. Like <laughs> you literally, you listen to the album. Yeah. What are you talking about? I did. Okay. Like <laughs> I listened to. Yeah, you literally I listened, listened to, to it multiple too. times. Yeah, okay. Uh, but that like, is not on the same scale. Okay, sure. But like we remember uh, that sexy song, and everyone was yes. like, "Oh, this is like WAP for dudes." And it's like, if this is WAP yes. for dudes, we lost because it's just so tame. <laughs> This what, feels closer to more like a raunchy sex song for dudes. What this reminded me of was, um, fuck. Uh, there's a meme that I saw that related to Yeezus, right? For, um, what song is it? Shoot. Yeah. I'm in it. Yeah. I mean, right? it, it, yeah, I think I'm like, in it works a little bit better than this song. As much as I put this album above <laughs> Yeezus. Right. But the meme is, the meme is, it's like when you're getting down to Yeezus, it's like some like anime character, like love and life and like dancing around. And then I'm in it comes on and it's Shinji from Evangelion, like crunched, hunched over in the chair, like this classic, like sad meme. God. And it's just in quotes, it's like this MF horny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. that. It's, this is the horny interlude. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. That's true. You know, it's yeah. funny because like <laughs> yeah. in all the stuff I've heard them, because I really like the their approach to the albums and like how they release them in that it's like absolute secrecy until it releases and then it's like total transparency. So mm. they've talked a lot about the process. Apparently that album that song almost didn't make it on the album. They were they were listening to it and they were like if we can't they were like if we can't get the gangster boo verse at the end, we're not gonna put it on. Like yeah. Uh, and I think she brings it home for sure. I think it's like one of my favorite female rapper verses from that decade for sure. Mm. 
yeah, those so that was that kind of stood out for me. I, yeah. I will say, and this is not necessarily a flaw, but there's so much action throughout the album. By the time I get to Angel Angel Duster, You're which exhausted. is like the longest song, I just I'm I'm gone. Like, yeah. well, to be <laughs> yeah. fair, it's like Angel- mentally, I'm just like. Whew. So here's here's my thing. I think like the thing I love about this album so much is like I think it has like the best opening and closing tracks of all time. Like, n- mm-hmm. not individually, like as a pair. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think Jeopardy is an amazing opening track. I, I could not get more hyped every time I hear Killer Mike yelling in the studio. It's like absolutely yes, <laughs> <laughs> and like those no, opening lyrics, I think just hit so hard. And I think Angel Duster is like one of the best clo- Like that's probably my favorite song on this album. Is Angel Dust. Okay. Uh, but yes, like I do, like, I think it's impossible to look at this album and be like, oh, it's not one speed for every song except Crown. Like, and Jeopardy. Jeopardy's a bit slower, but that's the mm. first song. So it's. I'm like, just, I'm not going to lie. I'm like looking through the promotional material for this right now. I'm waiting for the day that, like, James Corden does a bit where he plays LP and gets Questlove to play Killer Mike, and they do like a <laughs> studio recording session meme yeah. or like or like bit for something. I can totally see that yeah, shit right no, now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my god. So like, what? Because I'm cards on the table. I think this is like one of the best albums of all time. What did you guys mm. see as the weaknesses of it? Was it just hitting that one note? Um, at points I kind of felt that. But, like, it, at the same time, it was kind of my expectation. Like, you don't really... It, it's a known thing that, like, when you go to listen to Run the Jewels, you should have a mental, like, stance of, like, this is going to be all hard beats in your face 24-7. Yeah. It, it would be ridiculous to go to yeah. a, I don't know, a Giveon concert and expect them to, like, be jumping around. Like, no, he's singing. Yeah. <laughs> You don't. It, it, it's you unrealistic. Don't go, as Quentin Tarantino once said, you don't go to a Metallica concert and tell them to turn the music down. Right. right? It's like, just unrealistic. Like, you know. So even with that being said, it like it, it's a lot to handle at once, and you have to be mentally ready for that. But that it eats into its own strength. I feel like it's a weakness that you can turn into a strength. Yeah, because like, like it's not it's not a lot of albums that you're going to get that. Yeah, because I think the thing that they do so well is they pick a subject matter that justifies that level of energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that's like, not the, I think the fact that it's just like, it's head to nuts, that level of energy, like Mike is going that hard. LP is going that hard versus wise. The beats are going that hard. Right. I think it's like very cohesive, but also Mm -hmm. like the subjects they're talking about, like a lot of police brutality, this is definitely a song. When you realize this song came out in the middle of the Ferguson riots, this album okay, came out. So, yeah, this came out in the middle, like in the formation of the Black Lives Matter movement around the okay. death of Michael Brown. It came out in October 2014. So that's actually what I was going to ask. That was one of my other questions I was going to bring up because uh, I know there's always a significant like piece to when they release something. And so yeah, this one has I, to do with Ferguson. Yeah, and it's like okay. it's usually... Like, Run the Jewels 3, I think, was the only time it was intentional. Okay. Where they released in between an election and the inauguration. Uh, but, yeah, no, this came out, like, right after, like, right as the Michael Brown riots were starting. 
Do they yeah. ever release the timeline on these things? Like how long they're working on this? I have no idea. Like, it, it, it does no, line up perfectly. I, it's insane. And the thing about this one that's so crazy, just because like at the level of quality this is at, they did this in a year. Okay. They completely made this from the ground up in a year flat. Because okay, Run the Jewels sense. 1, which I think if you listen to it, like Run the Jewels 1 is very clearly like a – it's very good, but it's very clearly like just two buddies hanging out. Like it doesn't – It's rougher for It's sure. a lot rougher. The same way Acid Rap is a mixtape that's really an album, I think Run the Jewels 1 is an album that's really a mixtape. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, like I the production's really strong, but yeah, it doesn't have everything. It's not it it exactly doesn't have the cohesive whole that I think the rest of their discography has. Yeah. Right? Because like Run the Ju- like they weren't a group when they made that album and then they were a group when they made this one. Mhm. Um but yeah, no, I and I definitely think that that the fact that they are like such a sound, I, I we've talked about this a lot. I think they have the same especially when you're looking at like their discography as a whole, I think they have like a very, they're in a very similar situation to Travis right now, especially oh, yeah. when we bring up the classic conversation. Cause it's like, I feel like run the jewels two, three and four kind of are all classic con- like contenders, but they're too similar. I feel like you can't have multiples. Yeah. That is you know? very true. And I feel the same way yeah. about Travis. I feel like rodeo and Asher world. One of the, one of those is a classic. Like they're both classic contenders, but I feel like they're feel, they're too similar. I feel like Rodeo's the classic, but also I, that's Asher what, has the potential. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my thing. But yeah. like, I think they're too similar for them both to be. You know, unlike mm. a Yeezus, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy graduate. Like, I feel like those are all just like sonically so much different. Oh yeah, those are more spend out. Yeah. yeah, but even even with Rodeo and Astro World, I feel like it's. I don't know. I feel different like Astro World is. I feel like Astro World is very different from Rodeo, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I I don't. I think like if you look at some of the spreads other artists have, I I think like it is comparatively pretty thin, like pretty similar. I don't know. I just I, I I wouldn't put I wouldn't put like oh my in anywhere near the same association as like Wake Up or like other tracks off of Astro World. They're a lot more like pensive. Sure, sure. I would I would say the same thing about like run the jewels two and three i think they have distinct tones like one three is very sad and meandering right it's Mm. like it's not as focused it's like 22 songs it's like there's it's basically two albums it's basically two albums right um right so like i think hold hold up are are you sure because i'm looking at three right now and here i'm only seeing 14 tracks is it yeah, 14 tracks, 15, 51 minutes, 34 seconds. Was that like a deluxe edition or something? No, I think I could have just been overselling it. I know <clears> it's just like their longest album. Now, what is Meow the Jewels? <laughs> oh, I was going to ask about this. Uh, Meow the Jewels was... Uh, so when It's they, like when all they, the beats are cats, right? So when they released uh, Run the Jewels 2, they released Perfect. like a, uh, like a, a fake... They did like a crowd raising thing for Michael Brown's family. And like, it was like, if you did like a hundred dollars, you got like a run the jewels hoodie. If you did like $200, you got the hoodie and a vinyl. And then they put like a fake, like $5 million goal. And it was like, we'll remix run the jewels too is meow the jewels. But then they hit it. And LP was like, I have no choice, but to fulfill this. It was something, it was like a fake, uh, like fundraising goal that was hit. 
I listened to the first track. It, it's, I'm it's, literally it's, listening it's to funny. it right now. It's funny, it's but fun. it's <laughs> it it reminds me a lot of an artist I will be bringing up later. But like, uh, <laughs> put, just put that Chekhov's gun on the wall. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a bit. It's very much like That's... a. Funny. A moment, and like I think it's like a funny thing that they did. I'm super happy that they actually produced it. They uh, could have been like a mixtape. Like, yeah, <laughs> but they did the whole thing. There's a, do you know those uh those producer roulette videos where they have like producers like make beats? Uh, it's some channel on YouTube. There's a I think it's like High Appeal or something. There's a video you can go where it's LP going to like this this pound, and like auditioning cats to be on Meow the Jewels. Oh my god. It's very funny. And like some I remember once <laughs> like I think like, another just think re- about what you're saying I know, I right know. now. <laughs> oh no, it's so funny the direction it goes to. Because I think another thing I, I like about these two so much is that they are so accessible to their fans. They're very much like themselves on social media. And like someone was like, oh is there ever going to be like Bark the Jewels or something like that for dogs? And he's like, listen, when I see cats, like, take down innocent protesters, I'll stop. Like, <laughs> like... So, I I was just looking. I think what you were thinking of is Run the Jewels 4 Deluxe. Because that one's yeah. 26 tracks and an hour and a half. Quattro, yeah. yeah. No, Run not even Quattro. Yeah. So, there's, so there's Run the Jewels 3. Then they changed the naming scheme. So it's RTJ 4, right? Yeah. And that's 11 songs. Then there's RTJ4 Deluxe, which is 26 songs. <laughs> and then there's RTJ Quattro, which yeah. is 11 songs again. Yeah. So I just I just remember RTJ3, like the experience of it, just it being like, I, I, I know it's their longest album because I think this one's only 12 tracks. I think it was 13 back when it had the bonus track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it just, my point being, I feel like, yeah, if you're a hyper fan, like me, I'm like a, in a top 1% of Run the Jewels fans. I can totally mm. pick up on the subtlety, the subtle differences between Run the Jewels two, three, and four, and I think like if you're a Travis Scott fan, you could pick up on the subtle differences between Astro World and Rodeo. But yeah. I think if you're most people and you're kind of just giving it a bird's eye and you're looking at the project as a whole, I, I'm of the opinion, you know, and I'm saying it about my my favorite group right now, as well mm. as Travis Scott. I just think they're too similar for them to have multiple classics, you know. That's valid. That's not to say that they can't have. That's not to say Astro World is like not great. It's just right. to say like when you're talking about like this cultural position, I feel like if you're gonna have multiple in that conversation, they're gonna be very different. So you put two over three and four then? Yes. Yes, I okay. would. I yeah. I think they're all great. Like it's an obscene like this is an insane four album run, I yeah. think. Um but I go two, four, three, one. Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And they do like that. That was another thing I was going to bring up. They do a lot of extra stuff, which is like impressive and nice, especially yeah. if you're a fan. Like they're, the, they're, the they're... concept of Meow the Jewels, as silly as it is, that's still cool. Yeah, it's still cool. like, it's like more than Frank Ocean yeah. does. Like <laughs> it's definitely more than Frank Ocean. Like does. LP, like will audition cats for a fake album. Like <laughs> Frank I mean, Ocean have... can sing nights. Like <laughs> right. RTJ4 literally Has, made an entire second version. Yeah, for like, they basically did. <laughs> that's uh, insane. Yeah, and I think like that's just like another thing. They also give away all their music for free, 
Like mm-hmm. I have all their music on my hard drive because if you go to runthejewels.com, you can just download it. And like, Smart. Yeah, and they did that like in 2013. So like streaming was around, but it wasn't so ubiquitous then. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I always think that's something really cool. I always think like giving high quality as- access. And it's clearly not a artist that like does it for the money. Like it's very obvious they do it for the community. Yeah, no, they're very much in it for like the love of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Even though like they they brag about money on the albums. I mean, that's just rap. That's just rap. That's just what. <laughs> hey, the the tour edition of RTJ Four vinyl is available with colored discs. I was is looking it time? at time. Oh, also, I might eventually. I want to get a run the jewels for the wall. I, I do. Also, I was looking at the RTJ X tickets. They're sold out through like direct. Okay. But like secondhand, like the tickets are still only sixty bucks. Yeah, that's like ten dollars more. <laughs> no big deal. The night two is a little bit more expensive, but it's like seventy. It's like mm, I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy two tickets for my birthday. Oh yeah, that's dope. Yeah. But uh would you guys wanna jump into the track breakdown? Yeah, sure. sure. Ugh. Um, well Brandon, you should go first. What do you Since, mean? Since, like, this is your album. It very much is. Like, this is, like, yeah, it's, I think this is an unabashed classic. I think, and actually, there's a question I do want to pose to you guys before we dive into the album directly. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, we talk a lot about, like, streaming numbers and, like, what do they mean? And I go and I look at Run the Jewels' page and you look at how many monthly listeners they have. It's not a crazy high amount. No. It's like it's a million and a half. But at the same time, when I saw them at Riot Fest, you know, they didn't bring out the crowd the way Kanye or My Chemical Romance did, but probably about as big as like the big Sean J. Cole crowd we saw at Lalo last year, Purvis. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, it's a huge Big crowd. Sean was huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it's like in that range. So it's just like, do you think they have just like a super engaged fan base? Do you think maybe the this isn't an accurate representation of their fan base? That might be one thing that I was going to mention before, and you kind of touched on it, where it might be one sounding. Like, is this replayable? Like, in terms of, like, streaming, when you sit down and think about how you consume music and, like, how you consume streaming aspects, do you, could you really put Run the Jewels on repeat? Yes, I do it all the time. I literally have a Run the Jewels thing. And the thing is, like, I know a ton of people who do the same thing, right? Mm. And, like, you know, maybe it's only for, like, the gym or something. But, like... Or I was going to say, it has to be, like, high intensity. Yeah. like For me, this would be, like, a driving album. This is a good driving album. It's a good, like... To me, it's, like, whenever I have to focus on something, like, this is a Mm. good album for me to put on. Um, Whenever I'm trying to instigate a revolution, it's... (laughs) I was about to say, it's a lot going on. It's a really good... (laughs) Uh, really good revolution music. Uh, but I do, I do think that's interesting because, like, look, Yeet has nine times as many listeners, you know. But do you it's think true. he could pull out a big Sean style crowd? Not I right now. I, I would need to know how big this crowd was. I wasn't there. Big. Look, if Vernon Jules is doing Big Sean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'll be impressed. No, yeah, not it's... not to like go against Run the Jules. Big Sean. Was as big as any other. Like, it was headline. as big as it was the entire field of Grand Park. It, it, was, it was 
huge. It was people were just flocking in from the sides, from the back. It was I gotta like, say, Big Sean has just under twenty million monthly listeners. On yeah, Spotify. no, yeah, he was he. It was essentially as big as J Cole. I'll say, it. yeah. It, it, oh it was no, big. I thought I thought he was bigger. I thought yeah. I thought Big Sean was bigger, right? Yeah, it but was like huge. it was this like. Do you remember like how far out Big Sean's crowd went from the stage all the no, way to no. like the second baseball field? Mm. Run the jewels. It it took me two hours to get out of the park. <laughs> right now, it was not the big like obviously it wasn't as big as like the Don to show. I don't think it was that big of a crowd. I don't think it was as big of a crowd as My Chemical Romance. It was certainly not. The, and I was also super far up front. So like mm. my perception of it was like. People are everywhere. <laughs> People are everywhere, right? But like, they brought out damn near Big Sean numbers, like mm. in terms of the crowd. And I also think like context matters. You know, I do think this is a very this is a group that plays to like the rock kind of audience as well, just because of the energy it has. You know, Which, like it, it gets played on one hundred and one. This is the mm. type of shit that Pitchfork would rate highly. This is exactly yeah. As a matter of fact, like one of the one of the criticisms I do not like of Run the Jewels is that they are like pitchfork rap, and I'm like, no, I don't think. Like, I understand that there are artists who like cater to that audience. I do not think this is an, a group that does that. I'm curious what that even means. There's pitchfork rap. I'm looking through the they're scoring high. Yeah. Like I'm looking at their reviews on Pitchfork's website. But they everyone gives them high scores. Like. That, yeah, no, for that, sure. I just yeah. mean like Pitchfork is usually odd man out when it comes yeah, to this kind of thing. Where it's like, an, yeah. yeah, an album will generally be highly reviewed, and then Pitchfork will give it something negative. Or but this seems around. to be, yeah, this seems to yeah. be bucking that. Yeah. What no, is the, uh, Pitchfork rap? Someone explain this. What do you mean by that? To me, I perceive it as like these kind of artists that, honestly, you're Danny Brown JPEG mafia types. It appeals to people who are like. Super artsy, super. It's hipster-y. deliberately fringe. It's yeah. it's like not. It's not. It's trying not to be mainstream. Yeah. And because little... of that, then it has inherent value in some kind of exclusivity. Yeah, that. Yeah, Run the Jewels two got a nine from Pitchfork, which is rare for most rap it. albums. I feel like. Yeah. And still, one digit too low, like. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, Pitchfork doesn't like rap. <laughs> they don't, but like, and I do wonder. I'm like, because I'm I'm always I, I'm hypercritical of my own like biases and like my own taste. I wonder like, is this rap for people who don't like rap? But like, if it is, then why is Westside Gun putting them on his projects? <laughs> I would say it's not. I, yeah. I would say it's not. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, the, the Office <laughs> already covered this. That's the Black Eyed Peas. That's fair. The Black Eyed Peas. I mean. The thing is, that's actually something I was going to bring up because, like, something I do with my friends and I, we do weekly albums. We have a rotation list of, like, eight people, and we give an album every week. And I'll be honest, a lot of people in the Discord, they're all white. <laughs> like, most of them are white. Yeah, I bet so they I love was like, this album. I'm sure they would love this album, but I was literally looking through. I had, like, six albums in mind. And the one that I went with, I wanted to go with Kenny Mason because he's known to also do rock with the hip hop and he's a newer artist. So I wanted to give him that. This is exactly what it would be for. And this is something that I was actually considering or thinking about. Is this borderline like, is this more rock? 
Almost. I don't. I don't think this like is the the influences that that are played into it. I guess I think there's one song on here that has a rock person on it, mm. and I think like there's kind of like a rock star attitude. That okay, that's what I mean. I think like maybe, and like, but part of me wonders like how much of that rock star attitude is actually calling back to like the early days of hip hop. Their name yeah. is a not so subtle reference to Run DMC. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would and, say it's much more of a general counterculture yeah. attitude than it is specifically one aligned with a certain music genre. Yeah. And, yeah, I completely agree with you, Jasper. Because, uh, I mean, you could you, you find elements of this, the subject matter in punk music. You find it in early yeah. early protest rap, and you yeah. find it in, in rock, too. But yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's always conveyed in, like, slightly different ways and using different yeah. language. I also think like there's something to be said about just like the overall very surface level aesthetic energy, right? When I think when I say like oh I think Run the Jewels is a good artist to introduce like to a rock fan, I mean that in the same way I think Denzel Curry is. Right. But we never you would never think Denzel Curry is a rock artist, even though he has covered rock songs. I'm gonna be honest. Or would you? Or would, mm. or would you? Or would if you? I, Honestly, if there's anyone that's like, and we've talked about this, if we're transitioning someone from rock, it's Denzel Curry. I don't. I think he could that, do rock, but I just don't funny. think he does. That's that would thing. not be my first pick. Who would be your? First Who would be your first? Cuddy, specifically, like Man on the Moon. Oh too. yeah, because he already has Wizard, which is a good rock album. And then, Wizard is Wizard. Wizard is super solid, but like yeah. Man on the Moon too, also for like actually hybridizing like rock sounds with rap, like actual rap. Then yeah. it's like you're getting a mix. You look at Ashton Kutcher and tracks like that. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of like live band stuff in it. I wanted, I, think, yeah. I wanted to disagree with you, but I don't think I can. They're, they're both good options, honestly. The yeah. the reason I said Denzel is because like I feel like he does more. Yeah, mm. just like in terms of just like input or putting into all of his music, I should say all of the albums has some kind of rock aspect to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think his most recent one, not so much, but yeah, you're right. Zoo had a little bit of rock influence in it. Taboo had a bunch, right? Like, Huge rock, yeah. I, I just don't think Taboo was like... I still think Taboo is very clearly a hip-hop album, just like I think this one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And, ooh, I have another question for you guys. So, kind of the thing about, like, one of the main things about these guys is that they're kind of older. They kind of have had entire careers before this group existed. Do you, mm-hmm. do you think that brought something to their music that you just couldn't get from someone making? I think like a Kenny Mason's a great example. I think that's someone who's making a similar style in a, in, in a way, a similar yeah. style. Do you think there's something that their experience gives to them other than just pure skill? Or is it just the pure skill? Obviously, they're they're very skilled, so I think that does play into it naturally. Um, there could be a aspect to their music that comes with the wisdom. I could actually see that because I, I think when I say their age could play into the what they bring to the table in terms of like wisdom and, and like just guidance, it's not natu- it's not necessarily in like the content itself. It's not like, oh, they can spit this certain bar better than another artist. So they yeah. can create this line better than a Drake line or whatever yeah. that might be. It's more of just like the actual topic base. It, the things that they cover and the reason that they cover it is very serious. A lot of times, especially nowadays, the modern hip hop that you listen to, 
not to knock it because I actually like gonna future young thug but it's not serious topics (laughs) it's for just like enjoyment and yeah even i always joke because spoiler alert for the next question i'm gonna ask you guys like i always joke that like the artist i really want to see collab with run the jewels is the migos because i just want the world (laughs) to end Uh, (laughs) something just like full trap atlanta rock star and just like well like Killer Mike is, has ties to Atlanta, right? That like, is true. That is true. So, like, I don't think it's a, a, I don't think it's as crazy as people think it is when I say it to them. Um, well, yeah, it, but like, still, it's bad and like, bougie what? and lie, cheat, steal are just like completely exactly. different types of song. As hype as they are, as much as they might work next to each other in a playlist, they are fundamentally mm-hmm. different kinds of songs. Right. The purpose behind the song, the reason it was made, like to yeah. even think about every single release that R2J has put out lines up with something like culturally in- insane going on in America. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, this song matters a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and what they're saying matters a lot yeah. more than, as we said, flexing money. <laughs> yeah. Jazz? No. Yeah. I mean, I would say I would agree. It's like it feels like they take a mature perspective on a topic or a focus that people who haven't been alive as long simply don't necessarily have the words to speak on, or maybe haven't experienced it enough, or maybe just don't even want to. Sure, that too. I mean, it's interesting because you see, I, I come back to Travis for this because Travis is somebody who generally his music is very non-confrontational when it comes to subject matter topics yada 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 so you think about like rodeo right and everything's going along fine it's a fucking party album for the first half and then you get to pray for love Mm -hmm. and he starts like throwing in political thoughts and feelings and opinions and it's like you can tell that there's a desire to engage with it in a, in some way, but he doesn't quite have the vocabulary. And it feels like this, maybe it's maybe it's the career choices, maybe it's life experience, but it feels like obviously these two have not only the vocabulary, but the, the tools to translate the vocabulary to an actual project in a way that's super cohesive. Yeah. So, so yeah, it feels like there's a difference there. And I feel like some artists are more willing to engage with it, but how well and how capable they are of engaging with it in an intelligent way is really, it's a huge spectrum. Yeah. And these guys are at the, at the top end of that for yeah. sure. And I also think like when you have two guys who have been in the industry for such a long time yeah, and like killer Mike spent most of his time pre run the jewels in the shadow of outcast. Yeah. LP company flow was huge. I think LP has, in the form of Mac Miller left like an imp- impression on hip hop. Like I-, I very much think Mac Miller carried his torch and like, he's like the LP who made it to the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing is they never had that like huge, huge success. So what Definitely. you have here is you have these two guys who have the hunger of someone who's like 20 and never made it, mm-hmm. but the 20 years of experience yeah it's an interesting combination and it's like it's a combination that i think yeah is like serendipitous it's not something you can really manufacture yeah i i think a lot of my excitement around west side gun is very similar you know he has like this he has like this drive to just like make like great 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 things and like look i'm a very much a collaborative not competition person 
But I think drive is important, especially with art. Yeah. And I think like having that, you know, says something. So I want to ask you guys, it's something I really like, especially in the last few years as he run the jewels started to do a lot more features and they start working with a lot more artists. Last year they were on a song with black thought and ASAP Rocky. Uh, they were on a song with West side gun and stove. God cooks. They've been with on JPEG and Danny Brown songs. Mm-hmm. Who are some artists that you guys think would work really well with them? Who do you think would be cool? Is there anyone from the new school that you think could like slip into like this very very idiosyncratic style? Because I, I think LP has this quality in his music, very similar to like a Kanye West, where within thirty seconds you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually thought about this. I do. There's like some names we already outcast. mentioned. Can't say outcast. no, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna say outcast. Um. But now that you've mentioned that, well, they've been teasing extremely, for like three albums. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> something else that is extremely similar. Earth Gang. Earth oh Gang my god, ex- <laughs> that's so good! Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they would be as like <laughs> from your excitement. Obviously, I think it's a good idea because, like, I, that's another person I was going to bring up. They're very close to Outcast. Another duo, I think they'll work together perfectly. They have Atlanta ties. Um, Obviously, other names we've mentioned, Denzel Curry, Kenny Mason, all the people that kind of dabble into rock anyway. Yeah. Um, Or the rock aesthetic, I would say. Right, the rock aesthetic, at least. Um, Rico Nasty does the same thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, All those people kind of just like popped into my head before. Jasper, do you have any people? This is gonna sound insane, and I might get hate for this, but Uh-oh. I would kill, I would kill to hear a song with "Run the Jewels" and "100 Gags." I don't hate that. I mean, the absolute not, insane energy no, yeah, that, the, that the, would have. That that is very much like what I'm looking for in a "Run the Jewels" collab. That's why I loved when they worked with Griselda, because it's like that's exact like that insane energy is what I want. But okay. yeah, "100 Gags." So hear me out. That if if you like that one, hear me out. "100 Gags." D word. <laughs> I hate D word. They're racist. I don't even know who that like, is. I I agree with you. I agree with you. But yeah. I think that their sound and their aesthetic and energy would lend itself to a collaborative project. I think Killer Mike would punch him in the face. <laughs> I don't doubt that either. I mean, Killer Mike fair. can fix them. <laughs> no, Killer Mike can punch them for ruining the Chappie movie. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> I am Chappie. Loki. Yeah. Loki. I actually liked every part of that movie except them. Like that's well, they ruined it for me. Is what yeah, I'm saying. Like yeah, I, I could not look past the fact that they were in it, and their acting was so bad that I was just like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> <laughs> Instantly pissed off. <laughs> District Nine, still the goaded Blancoff movie. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> don't at me either. Because I don't think that's a hot take. That's no, like a pretty very neutral take. But <laughs> pretty I, neutral take. Elysium's good. I like Elysium a lot more than I think I got credit for when it first released. I would, I would like just going into my own bag of like music. I like. I would love to hear them on something produced by Gasalfstein. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be good. Or, or Mr. Kitty. Mr. Kitty, I think, and like I feel like I was fishing for this one with you guys, but like once again, like I just like I, I see like Run the Jewels is like a raging fire, and I'm like, what artist can I just like? It's just gasoline to just mm. like throw it's on this, light it up, and it's like. <laughs> And I'm like, between the two of you, I'm shocked no one said Travis Scott. Well, I, it's, it's tough, right? Because yeah. like, here, here's the question. Here's the question. Are we talking 
Travis Scott is a feature on one of their projects produced by them. So when I this is very important. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And like after hearing Down in Atlanta, I want to see Travis Scott take on an LP beat. I know it's like it's a tall order, but I don't know. Maybe I believe in him. Like. Yeah, I was gonna he say it, like in his uh, own way. Yeah, in his. It I would think, definitely be unique. For I sure. I definitely think he could totally work on that. And another it thing, it won't be rap heavy, which might be something you expect. But I, I think, don't think no. I think like actually, I think like some of the songs he's released in the run up to Utopia, I think his bars have been a little bit better than usual. So I I don't know so much. And also like I feel like you get in a room with guys like Killer Mike and LP. You, you come expired. You, you come, you come <laughs> yeah. great, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, I, look at Escape Plan. Like, that's got flow. Yeah, yeah Escape Plan, totally. Sure. I think Escape Plan, I think Franchise has flow. I thought Mafia had some pretty good flow. I, I Durag, all of them. Yeah, no, flow. I think they all had some. I think he's grown. Like, I, so, go ahead, Jeff. If we're, sorry, if we're going the route of artist is going to be on an LP beat, right? Yeah. Because I was thinking the other way too, and I was thinking like if if it does go the other way where they're featured on somebody else's instrumentals or just somebody else's production in general, that could totally be the way of like making the two more mainstream in a sense too. Yeah, right? no, totally. I mean, it like, wouldn't make them mainstream, but I say Griselda, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Obviously. Well, they were already on a Griselda beat. They were already on right. uh, ten, but yeah, I, I would... want more. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> these two on a filthy beat with would... Cardi. That would be kind of. I I do I I look, I'm not the biggest Cardi <laughs> fan, but like I would love to hear it. And like yeah, no, the I do raging think raging at the concert. Jesus yeah. Christ! No, if these it... two were on Stop Breathing for a remix, <laughs> my God, my Hermes, God. you and... already know what that. Would <laughs> I am be. like, I would be scared. And I'll, I'll, <laughs> dude, I'll scared. tell I'll tell you this much: when I saw them, and they did Close Your Eyes, it was basically Astro World. I did, yeah. dude, it, I couldn't walk the next day because i had to keep them from crushing my friend annette you've met annette she's all of 90 pounds soaking wet and yeah. like <laughs> uh also killer mike and lp shouted us out it was dope because like there's just a bunch of black girls in the front and like annette was nice. one of them he's like i see you guys all here with the black women it was very <laughs> funny <laughs> oh you he know knows. what yeah he does brandon you're not gonna like this but uh, another artist who definitely has energy where like a verse could be added into one of theirs would be like x yeah i think so i agree mm. i i Dude, i do i, I a do, floor yeah. 555 remix with these two would be chaos yeah <laughs> chaos is the word <laughs> you know I, you know who i think could really really destroy an lp beat and mm. maybe even outwrap both of them is Jid. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. Jid. Yeah. Like, Jid would yeah. destroy. And God. I also I think I think it's a matter of time until uh, like Denzel Curry shows up on a Run the Jewel track, especially after he gave him a nice little shout out on the I'm last album. That he hasn't. Yeah, I I think it's just because proper Run the Jewel songs, ones produced by LP, they're kind of like rare. Like mm. he, he's not an artist who has like a lot of stuff out there. So like when they do features, they tend not to be on his beats, which is fair. Like that's what you would expect. Mm. Okay. So we've been doing this for a while. So let's just do like a quick run through of all the tracks. Cause I want to spot out, like just like shout out some of the ones I think are like extra special good. And like, I want to hear like if we, cause I do admit like as much as I think it's gold all the way through, they're not all equal. Mm-hmm. So jeopardy. I think it's a hard ass opener. 
I think it's it sounds, super solid. I, I'm up at midnight. Gu- gun in a metal pizzite <laughs> is to my rizite. What? Like, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I was going. English? <laughs> he's speaking Snoop Dogg. Twas the oh. mizzle before Chris Mizzle <laughs> went all through the hizzle. Yeah. Oh, not a crizzle was stirring. Not even a mizzle. I hate both of you so much. I hate both of you so much. Um, I. I do like the first track, but it takes a second to get started. But like, it does, I feel yeah. like if you listen to it, like you get used to it. It's it's the ramp up, like this. Yeah. It, 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 for all the high energy it has, it does ramp up to that very much with Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh my darling, don't cry. Just sounds like the craziest. Like, it's so erratic that it's like, where is there a groove to rap on? Mm-hmm. And then there is one, and it also gave us the. <laughs> Some of the greatest bars of all time, such as "fuck the world, they can eat my dick." That's word to pimp. Like, <laughs> I already knew you were gonna like I that one. <laughs> Did I say I have my own version of like "fuck the world, they can eat my dick"? That's word to Mac. Like, you know, can I just say while we're going through this, like, yes, just the speed of it, I could totally these see these two destroying a pop smoke type beat as well. I like especially given LP's connection to New York, I would love to see that. Yeah, Uh, like I want to know what these two sound like on like a straight drill production. Yeah, you know, I I would also like to see that. And like they've talked about how much they like drill. But at the same time, like they're kind of guys who kind of show a lot of love to like the younger groups, but I don't know how interested they are to like in emulating younger yeah they stay in their own yeah for sure like you know you hear lp had like a long talk about pop smoke and he was like oh like you know i thought it was really good but i i i would love to see that but i also don't think it's likely fair Mm -hmm. uh blockbuster night this is this is a banger banger absolutely yeah this is this is extremely disappear purpose how many times one of my favorite songs disappeared in the smoke like fucking magicians Every day, <laughs> literally every day. <laughs> Have you seen? Uh, also, I recommend the music videos for all of these, specifically Blockbuster Night and Lie Cheat Steal. Mm-hmm. The Blockbuster Night one, they're like in a, they like steal an ambulance, and they're just driving around Atlanta, getting into misadventures and like robbing people at Waffle House. Like that's on par. <laughs> now I'm gonna keep it real with you guys. I think Close Your Eyes is like top five song of all time for me, and when I hear that. Zach De La Roca chop in the beginning, it, it it hits the exact same part of my brain as like ah ring thing thing ah ring thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes, it's like <laughs> like those two songs exist in the exact data point. They share a <laughs> node on my brainstem, and it's like <laughs> that's that's me for the opening of Father Stretch My Hands. I that yep, song that, that as well that opener goes to me. I always so like I remember listening to that song, like hopping off the train and watching the sunrise, like as I go to the, like yeah, uh, to like my first internship, and it's like oh, that that beat goes hard too. But yeah, you close your eyes. Sweet, sweet serotonin. Uh, what did you guys think about the Zach De La Roca beat? Or that the beat? I like the, it. Uh, the verse, the, the feature. Yeah. Um, I liked all of it. To be honest, I think. Close Your Eyes was probably one of their best songs. So Yeah, I it's mean. definitely the most universally like <laughs> listened to, especially off this album. It's their most popular one. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right. All My Life. 
surprisingly this is one of like the lower stream songs yeah yeah this one is interesting like i'm glad it's here because it provides kind of like a calm it is like a, uh, a slightly more calm experience it was literally like my right break after. yeah <laughs> it, I it, and i was like okay <laughs> i don't know like to me this wasn't a memorable one see i love mm. it to me i the second i heard one one time for the pill and the reefer man i'm like <laughs> like I'm done. I know Sign me up. <laughs> like what? This song's about revolution and selling drugs. But I think if we want to talk about like the most memorable song, I think uh, besides "Close Your Eyes," is probably "Lie, Cheat, Steal." It's yeah. a chant. It's, it's yeah. their chant song. Yeah, and I just think, God damn, like the references to the Donald Sterling thing that Killer Mike brings up, mm. uh, the gentrification of New York. I think like they really really hit a lot like in this really dense crowd pleasing song and i yeah. think that's the thing that's interesting about them is that there's a lot of there there but it's also like you see this playing to like a crowd it, it's insane to think about how you can easily approach this album it's just like a regular rap album and you can bang to it you can rock to it it's high energy in the entire time it's just like oh they're talking about the most serious topics yeah. in america right now <laughs> I think, based on everything that we've talked about here i think these two are the best to do that like that exact thing since bruce springsteen pretty oh, much oh yeah yeah like I... springsteen is the og of like here's a, a stadium shaking banger that's actually about like the war in vietnam and children being fathered overseas due to, <laughs> yeah. due to war and yeah. shit like that. And it's like, yep, this is that just for the 2010s. Definitely. Honestly, I totally agree. Brandon, you might hate this, but I would take Kendrick over it in terms of that I, one aspect. Because you can listen to them and be like, this well, is hard. And then it's like, okay, this is extreme. I, I, don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Especially <laughs> because like, if there's one rap album that I the, probably the only rap album in the entire world that I would at 100 times out of 100 say is better than run the jewels too <laughs> is to pimp a butterfly but i wonder like look i love to pimp a butterfly and i think the claims of it being not having a lot of replay value are greatly over exaggerated mm. but do you think how much a dollar cost hits as hard as lie cheat steel purvis the no. one thing <laughs> no it doesn't but the, the, the one thing i'll say to that though is that my point is that Run the Jewels does a great job of disguising mm-hmm. the con the content within a musical context that is a banger. Yeah. Whereas Kendrick, it's overtly, it's very much in your face that it's like you that's know what this is about. about. Yeah, and but I'll... like Run Run the Jewels and Bruce Springsteen was the same thing. Where it's like Born in the USA, it's like you think it's a patriotic song, you think it's like this anthem about the U.S. and it's actually a full critique of the, the U.S. throughout the Vietnam. Yeah, it's hiding. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's we during air. Yeah, we yeah. they did talk about that. It's hiding in plain sight, is what it is. Yeah. Because anyone who like the name of the song is Lie Cheat Steal. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, totally. Kendrick kind of wears it on his sleeve a lot more. And yeah. also you know you go into it with an understanding of what you're gonna get with run the jewels you you think you're just getting a banger and then if you listen deeper then you understand the context of the lyrics. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. if you guys know who who said this, but <clears throat> If you guys really missed when rapping was about rapping, then Killer Mike would be platinum. It's Kendrick Lamar on hood politics. Like, Even he knows. <laughs> like, and that, that honestly, like when it comes to collab, ever since I heard that, 
I was like, I just want... It must happen. I want Kendrick Lamar <laughs> on a Run the Jewels track. I would give up my dominant arm for it. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. That is an absurd... Yeah. <laughs> um, now, let's get to, like... Uh, uh, I think early is, like... When you said those two songs, I assume that those are what you were talking about. Lie, Cheat, Steal, and Early, because, like, they bleed into each other. They almost feel like the same song, but I think Early has a much more insane subject matter. Definitely. Where, you know, you get the perspective of, like, the black man who was just harassed and murdered by the police in front of his children. And mm. then the disaffected, you know, uh, white worker who is unable to engage with the world because of the horrifying conditions we live in you know uh smoke owes to the kid might cope is a line that i wish didn't reverberate with me as much yeah yeah and then we get to all due respect which i think is the low point on the album yeah this is not a not a memorable yeah no this is not i think i genuinely love the way like travis barker because i think travis barker is good i like travis barker Sorry. Uh, I think the way he works with LP's beat is, like, really quite good. And, like, when I was listening to it this week to kind of, like, prepare, even I was taken aback. Like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how good this was. But, yeah, no, I think as for the album as a whole, I think this is the weakest part. Because, mm-hmm. personally, I like Love Again. Because, like, I'll take the the questionable kind of, like, in your faceness <laughs> of that. Because I still think, like, one, it's a different type of sound that you get on the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I understand this is getting much away from, like, the critical thought and more into, like, anecdote. But it's, like, most of the girls I showed this song to really like it. And it's, like, it can't be that gross. Like. I mean, I, I get that. Yeah. But, like, once again, like, I understand that this isn't everyone's cup of tea. But I also get why it has five million more listens than the song before it. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, I mean, helps as well. I feel like you have to be in a mood <laughs> for this kind of thing for sure. Yeah, like I, I very rarely like if this shows up on shuffle, this is a song I skip. Like yeah. I never skip it when I'm going through the whole album. Right. But... When I listened to this today, I was sitting on an airplane in between both of my parents. <laughs> and you weren't so... like, want me to connect your AirPods? It, 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 there could not have been a less opportune time for me to enjoy a piece of music like this. Gangsta Blues talking about tongues and butts. like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and then, there's okay, a range. <laughs> okay, but then let's get to Crown, because I think Crown is, it's all it, it's the big slowdown in the album. And I love mm. the, the messaging of it, because it talks about the the metaphorical, obvious meaning of like the Crown of like, you know, dignity or what have you from Killer Mike section up front. But then when LP's verse comes in, it becomes about government authority and the crown is like the symbol of the head of state. So Mm. I think like the way they were able to tell these two stories that I think both in the song and like in our culture are often seen as like separate. But I think the way they're able to interconnect it, I think is like genius. You know, Definitely a high point. Yeah, yeah, we don't see the plight of like the person who's like pressured into going in the, into the military, and like a poor young black woman as like the same plight. But I think this song does a good job of examining like why they might be. Mm-hmm. 
And then Angel Duster, I just think is like one of the best closes of all time. Got hope for the living, <laughs> prayers for the dead. Uh, that that uh, is a bar within itself. That the Pope is a fraud, church is a lie, the Queen is the same damn thing. You should pray to your fake God that she dies. There are so <laughs> many lines throughout this album. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it brings up religion very, very like it's, it's quickly. It, it comes yeah. and goes. It, it doesn't yeah. stay for a while, but like it, it gets the impact. And I was just like, Brandon's probably screaming this right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. Like, I don't think I think my own personal like religious views are, can be summed up in a bar off Angel Duster, where it's like, uh, like I can't. I gotta pull up the lyrics. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm surprised that Theresa May didn't ban these two from the UK. Yeah, I'm that. shocked. You look yeah. at you look at like what happened with Tyler. It's like yeah, really, true. yeah, no, it definitely. Oh my god! I'm pretty sure this something on the first song I I heard, and I was just like, yeah, Brennan's yeah. probably is begging to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God really exists. I tell you like this, it resides inside and anyone telling you different, just selling you religion, trying to keep your ass in line. And that Boom, is roasted. something you go yeah. by. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe all divinity lies in the human spirit and everyone telling you otherwise just seeks to control you. That is what I believe. Like, there you go. But yeah, no, I think this album's a classic. 10 out of 10, easy. I'm done talking about it. What do you guys think? Are we going to give it a grade? Do we even need to give it a, a grade? Plus. <laughs> I want to hear you guys' grade. I think it's very interesting hearing someone who has like because a tertiary knowledge of these guys and someone who didn't know about them until I started being annoying about it. <laughs> like, um, I'll say A minus. I think it's in terms of what it's trying to accomplish, it's an A plus. But in terms of like it's how it in terms of it? like right, it, it's it's it's. Like a nine out of ten, so it's like a a minus. Okay, I would I would be right there with you on that. I I feel like it's it does exactly what it needs to do as an album. Straight A album, then. I'm... Yeah, and it, it it's just that in terms of how I guess how listenable it is and how digestible it is. There are there are some roadblocks if you're not familiar with the style. So mm. I, I guess it's not the most accessible thing, but it also doesn't have to be. It's just like yeah. that's kind of a, a feature. You know, I think it's fairly accessible, but I think you're right. I don't think it's the most accessible album accessible album in the world. That's definitely true. Yeah. Um oh one la- final point on this and it's for Jasper specifically. What are your interest expectations going in? Are you going to listen to Run the Jewels three and four at any point? Because we probably won't talk about them now until we go to the concert. Yeah, I mean, I'm, if we're gonna go to a show, then I, I want to be caught up, right? I want to enjoy yeah. it. I never like going into a show and not knowing the tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the plan is to listen to them through, and I want to go back to one. I want to go back to one, re-listen to one, then listen to two again three and four and just go through like the whole the whole thing word of advice i would also listen to killer mike solo album rap music it's like run the jewels zero because it's produced exclu- entirely by lp mm-hmm. uh but it's a killer mike solo <clears throat> interesting and yeah, I'll have to look lp's that. only on one song is like a rapper gotcha uh so yeah all right and i think it's obviously a classic I, I think they're in that rut where it's like you kind of have to pick one. I don't think you can give them multiple classics yet. Uh, but this is the one I picked. And that's the reason why I picked Fair it enough. for us to cover it for our 1,000. 
Yeah, congratulations, everyone. Thank you, fans. Thank we you made to it. all the listeners. <laughs> We're here. We're here. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? thought to... a, a year and some change ago. Who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought that one day we would talk about Run the Jewels too? Like, <laughs> I think you would have. I did. I honestly, I was like, I was, dude. This entire podcast has been a scheme to be like, how do I get Purvis to engage critically with Run the Jewels too? I, I Even know. though you have always been like. Yo, the, I remember when the Jewels Four came out. You kept sending me the song with Pharrell. Like this is hard. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is it was hard. Yeah. Also, Jasper, they have a great song where Pharrell and LP tag team a beat, and it is fire. Mm-hmm. Mm. Look at it's look golden. at all those slave masters posing on your dollar. Like, oh, like, banger! <laughs> Absolute <laughs> banger! <laughs> Absolute banger! Yeah. That was oh my god! We'll eventually do a deep dive into Run the Jewels for, but that was a moment for us. That was a sure. that was a cleaning up broken glass and listening to Ooh La La was <laughs> like literally picking up broken glass from the blue store on a Sunday morning with the other managers. Yeah, like what uh, a time! Yeah, Classic blue mystery. store moment. Classic blue riot store moment. moment. Uh, <laughs> Classic riot moment. <laughs> Pandora moment, yeah. or not pandemic? Pandemic moment. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! All right, do we want to do our recommendations? Oh yeah, true, true. Boys and germs. Let's do it. I gotta say, I think I have a one of the weirdest recommendations we ever have. Oh boy! Uh, well, I'm gonna save that one for a second. Should I go first? Go for it. Okay, so I, this song got served to me by the Spotify DJ. It is nice, nice. a uh, early 90s hip-hop song by the Diggable Planets. It's one of the most recognizable beats in hip-hop history, I think. It's the Rebirth of Slick, cool like that. I, you hear that, you hear yeah. that trumpet lick? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> One time, and I I have not stopped listening to this song. This song has been aggressively within my rotation. Aggressively in your rotation. Dude, do you have any idea how easily, how flawlessly it transitions into Hitler Wears Hermes 8? I could imagine. So yeah, good. I could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's actually perfect. Yeah. Just, just for like the couple of seconds I just wanted to listen to right there. All I think of is like is uh, Street Volume 2. Yeah. I don't know if it's officially on Street Volume 2, but that's what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Rebirth of Slick, Cool Like That by Diggable Planets. What? Jasper, are you ready? Yeah. So, my first one is one I touched on earlier in the news section uh that's gonna be lazarus by david bowie just uh heavy very intense and i would recommend watch the video to go with it because it's it's something different not something you see every day very very unique album it's off of i've avoided black star i thought it would always just make me so sad it's so good though. i understand i understand (laughs) i understand that it's probably a Two Pimp a Butterfly level album, but like I just haven't listened to it yet. Just so I'm... I would say it's not that. Really? Um, no, it's it's. I guess it's just so different. It feels. It's probably very intimate. It's intimate, and yet at the same time, it, there's a lot of space on it. Like there's a lot of. It's not as Bowie in that yeah. it's as choreographed as a lot of his <laughs> other work. It feels much more personal and kind of like organic in a way. Yeah, mm. I also just. 
mm, this is going to be a, a canceled me by the our rock community. I also oh just boy. like no, I never came up with David Bowie. Like uh, yeah, I respect his fair. I respect his genius for sure, but like I just don't have an emotional connection to him that I do to like many other bands. Yeah, but always I'm, one of my boys. But I'm gonna sure. give I'm gonna give Black Star a listen. He deserves every ounce of praise he's ever gotten. Dude was wearing skirts on stage in the seventies. Man paved the way. That chain, yeah. Paved without the way for David, Kurt, the Kurt Cobains and the Kid Cuddies of the world for sure. Without him, we wouldn't have Young Thug. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have that glorious album cover. This is a really good album cover. It is. It's so fire. It's such a good album cover. Like, he needs to get out of jail as soon as possible. We need to free him. He needs to use that sample. He's the one who conducts traffic. <laughs> he is King Slime. That, like, that would go so hard. It would go so hard. If Metro <laughs> Boomin do something together. Oh my God. <laughs> we should just send it to Metro Boomin and be like, use this. Make this right now. <laughs> Make it so. All right. Well, my first one is actually going to be someone I discovered off of Instagram recently. Um, very small discography so far. Um, a person named Destin Lauren. And I went through a couple of his songs, and believe it or not, I found a separate song from the one I found on Instagram called Walking. Within two seconds of playing the song, I instantly recognized in like a gospel sample, and I saved it. Didn't Amazing. even like have to listen to the rest of it. Amazing. <laughs> it is like, and again, I know I had to explain what 1390 is to you guys, but at any Sunday morning, you just wake up and 1390 is on the radio on your way to church, there's a song that's going to be playing with this sample. <laughs> And I instantly was like, I got to recommend this. It's amazing. Love that. All right. So I'm breaking uh, one rule uh, that not a rule, but like a guideline for these recommendations. Cause like the thought process is always like, Oh, it's stuff we're listening to stuff. We can't stop listening to. This is a song I listened to one time, but it's an artist. I loved it. I love the experience I had listening to this song. And it is an artist that is indomitable in his genre to a degree that we never see in hip hop. And the genre is a mix of... Everyone knows that my first love is comedy. So this is a comedy Are you recommending a Bo Burnham song right now? No, when I said it was the weirdest... Oh, okay. I'm recommending Foil by Weird Al. Oh, shit. Yo. I didn't know this song existed until... (laughs) What year is it? (laughs) Yeah, I did not know this song existed until like six days ago. Uh, But I think Weird Al is a goat. I love... Like a lot of the ethics he brings, a lot of the things he does. I love that he has to, he asks every single artist for permission to do a parody. Yeah, uh, and then that also, smart, yeah, and like, there's like a very famous uh, kerfuffle he had with Coolio because like and he Prince. Con- and Prince, where he contacted the record label and the record label gave him permission, but the yeah. artist didn't. Yeah, and apparently ever since the Coolio issue, and they squashed the beef, uh, but. Ever since then, he asked them in person. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. And, like, it's a very fun parody because, like, at first it's like, is is this really what Weird Al is? Like, why do people give a shit about this guy? And then there's a switch. And it's like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. And it's he like. He has. What the. F- I he has the same amount of monthly views as Brother Joe's almost. Really? Yeah, dude. I, yeah. Here's yeah, the thing. I, I would. Ne- yeah. No, I think Weird Al is, a, is an American institution. I think he is. I was watching this video where he was like breaking down like the most iconic videos he's ever done. And like, apparently he was like good friends with Michael Jackson. 
He was, yeah. And like Michael Jackson hooked him up for the bat, uh, for Eat It and Fat, his parodies of Beat It and Bad. He yep. hooked him up with the same costumer, choreographer, uh, cinematographer. That is and, serious. And for Bad, they used the same sets. They did. They had yeah. uh, that's insane. Michael Jackson had them hold off tearing down the set so Weird Al could shoot there. So it just shows like what kind of guy this is. Like if you can get the love from all these different artists, especially you know, him. Yeah, especially Michael Jackson. I think he's a great artist. I think this is a great fun song, Purvis. I cannot wait for you to listen to it because it goes in just like the most bizarre direction. I. Yeah, and it's Lovely. it's masterful comedy writing because like it goes in like the strange direction you've ever seen and then it brings it right back and it was in front of you your entire face time dude and watch the all vi- about the pentiums lives in my head rent free yeah and also watch the video don't listen to the song like <laughs> yeah weird al always yeah i important i never i'm familiar with him from like mtv but yeah that's like, about the extent of it he was huge and like look he interacts with hip-hop all the time he has a i, I think he got he started coming up because I showed Rachel the video to Tacky, <clears throat> which was a parody of Happy by Pharrell that yeah. shot all in like one shot. And it's just like very impressive. And Jack Black's in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, look, Jack Black. I almost recommended Tenacious D because I was going to do a comedy song. And I'm like, do I do Weird Al or Tenacious D? And I went with Weird Al. I'm surprised you didn't recommend so, Peaches. I love Peaches, but <laughs> I was going to do Tribute, which I think is. Good song. Yeah. The thing is, I think Tenacious D is a little bit more. I, I think like Weird Al is like 60% comedy, 40% music. Yes. I think Bo Burnham is like 80% comedy, 20% music. Uh, I would go the other way. See, the thing is, he has a very musical act, but I think a lot of his, the a lot of the art he creates functions closer to like stand up comedy specials than they do. What about in, wait, have you listened to Inside? Yes, I have a million times. I 100% think it works. It, it is meant to work as like the, the special you watch on Netflix and not the album. I listen to it though. Like I listen to it without the special. I, I understand and I feel that because like, the songs. Are I feel really like it very fun. much starts out that way, like eighty twenty, and then becomes more musical as it goes. Yeah, I mean, I just think like as opposed to like Tenacious D, who is someone who like plays Lollapalooza. Sure. Yeah, like, uh, and then on the other side, you have someone like Two Chains, who is just a completely serious artist who is just also hilarious. Yeah, like it's very funny. Yeah. Which could weird Al two chains collab on the way? Oh my god! I would two Al. <laughs> I would two Al. Let's go. I would please no. I, you would love it. Dude, I would listen to it. Key and Peele are in White and Nerdy. The video, it's hilarious. I get that, but still. All right, you All guys right, go on because I I did the biggest swing anyone has ever done for a reaction. <laughs> All right, so my second one is another one off of Ram, just because Ram is lives in my head rent-free at all times. So it's Daft Punk, and it's uh, Touch featuring Paul Williams. One of the most unexpected features, if you know who Paul Williams is, and pretty much everyone who I've had listened to this who is over the age of, like, 35, who knows who he is, is like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> and then they listen to it, they're like, wow, that actually really works. Um. It's a super cool, like very kind of intense song, and also it was the one they used for the uh, the the exit video in 2021 when they announced that they would no longer be a group. So they used the end chorus of this track for that kind of like goodbye video for their fans. So it's a kind of an emotional one as well. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know if I've heard this one before. Probably not. It's not one of the more like charting popular Daft Punk songs, yeah. for sure. Wait, what? All right, well, I'll close this out then. Um, I'm pulling an audible because I want to move the song for next week into this one. Um, Labyrinth is actually dropping an album this week, but we we aren't going to cover just because it's not hip hop. But the single All For Us um, that he has with Zendaya for the HBO special, the what's the movie that I don't, well, not the movie, the show that I don't watch. Euphoria? All high schoolish. Yeah, Euphoria. Um <laughs> I don't watch that show. Three weeks in a row, slaps. baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was just thinking about last time when I broke purpose. Welcome to the Euphoria cast. Like, <laughs> do you want to do drugs with children? We don't. <laughs> I'll say it, I said it once. I'll say it again. I don't watch Euphoria because I'm not a pedophile. Dabs. <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Killer Mike and LB, if you watch this, we're normally more awesome, more normal. <laughs> we no, promise. <laughs> the Lakers in the early 70s. Okay. And Phil Knight is in one of the episodes trying to get Magic Johnson to, you know, the air magics, as they said. And, like, in that one, they're like, we don't have any money, but we can give you a piece of every shoe. Like... And I remember looking it up and being like, nope, that was the real part. That was like, mm-hmm. uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to find, trying to find the details of this. Um, it's, it's tough because yeah, the, the, they make it in the movie as though it's this like Third surprise yeah. thing that they're asking to asking for but i i can't recall whether or not they actually approached him with that offer yeah and i i'm having trouble finding it right now just looking around we but... can well, well we can talk about it next week or something mm-hmm. uh but yeah no i just i i enjoyed this movie a lot i know it's going to be fast and loose with the details but like i think a movie is ultimately about telling a story and entertainment and mm-hmm. I think it should always, always prioritize that, you know? No one ever walks out of a boring movie thing like, well, that was accurate. It's like, well, maybe <sighs> if it's a documentary. Like, I don't know. <laughs> have you have you seen The Imitation Game? Yes. I thought it was pretty subpar on its own right. Yeah, and that movie is less than 50% of, of, of like, true-to-life occurrence and is, like, heavily embellished. Yeah, but, like, okay, but, like, let's dissect what you just said. Right? I know, like, I know, I know. Like I know. you can't but, but, boil down the accuracy of something to fifty percent. But what I'm saying is that begs the question, right? It's like if we have to radically interpret things to make them palatable for a screen audience, for a mainstream audience, should we be making big budget movies about them? I think there's a question to be asked there too, right? Sure. It's like, sure. Because you want to be you want to be authentic to something, but you also want to make money. Those two don't always. Well, like I. I resent any filmmaker who makes any decisions based on what's going to make the most money. That's the studio's job. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, producers, producers are in that vein. Come on. Like, well, it depends if it's a producer or an executive producer. Sure. Those are two very different roles. Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, you say that, but I can just counter with like the social network is like basically fiction. Yeah. And I also think, Aaron Sorkin, when he wrote that movie, I think he understood Facebook better than anyone else at the time. 
Like when mm-hmm. you go back and you rewatch that, fi- that, that movie, like I think nonfiction can give you facts. I think fiction gives you truth. And I, I think sometimes, you know, like maybe that deeper truth is worth it. But even that, like, I think making a movie that is like entertaining and like has something to say, like as a piece of art, the same way if it was, you know, you're making everything everywhere all at once, which is just, you know, a sci-fi movie. Like you should just, it it should have the same tendencies. You should always prioritize like what makes the best movie, not what's the most accurate way to dispense this information. Now, if you, if you're able to do that and make a good movie, it certainly helps. I'll, I'll say that. I'll say like, it's a multiplier. If you can, if you can make it accurate and good, that's great. That's better yeah. than one of the things. But once again, like, I don't think I walk out of a movie like Lincoln. Well, Lincoln's incredible. But, like, I'm having trouble pulling examples right now. We've been going for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to give one, this movie a gripe? <laughs> like, I was one other, it. <laughs> we can do it, yeah. yeah. One other minor, minor thing that I do have a gripe with is, like, they were really, really good. But anytime I see... Ben Affleck or Matt Damon in a movie, it kind of takes me out of it just yeah. because they are so damn recognizable. It's like, oh, hey, it's Matt Damon being Matt Damon. That um, is completely fair. That is... I mean, Matt Damon like acts, but a lot of his mannerisms and a lot of his line delivery, especially for humor, is very similar movie to movie, I think. I agree. I think, I think Ben Affleck is the, especially in this movie, I think Ben Affleck like did the better, like more immersive performance. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's valid. Yeah. But like, it's it's but it's yes. this camp of it's this camp of actors where every time I see like these particular actors, it like takes me out of it. Either because they're super famous and they've been in everything, or because like they're exactly the same as the previous character. That or visually, they're just like very recognizable. So yeah. like, I don't know. Like George Clooney is one of them for me. That makes sense. Um, someone who isn't, which I think is a real testament to his ability to actually act, is Brad Pitt. Like Brad Pitt, I can I can get into a little bit more as far as like him being the character. Brad Pitt's a character actor. Like Brad Pitt's a for pretty sure. boy, but he's no. That is a that is a golden take. I say. Yeah, I mess with like Brad Pitt. I can fall into that character rabbit hole for yeah, sure. No, um, Brad Pitt's. A, but then also like more recently, actor. Anya Taylor Joy definitely falls into like. I, I re- it's it's I tell her joy. It's not yeah. the character. It's her. Like, <laughs> you know, it's super funny because like I felt that a little bit with Matt Damon in this movie with Ben Affleck. Once again, I'm very biased, but like I was fine with it. The character Ben Affleck also looked a lot like Phil Knight, Loki, like the hair, yeah. like, with the hair in a sense. Yeah, That's like fair. he's oh, what Phil Knight wishes he looked like. But yeah. the the, per- <laughs> the the actor in this movie where it was like this is the same person in every movie. It just works in this specific context. Really Jason well. Bateman. Jason Bateman. And look, yeah. I like Jason Bateman a lot. If you haven't seen his, uh, the movie Joel Edgerton directed the gifts. I have not. Oh, run. Don't walk. It's Joel Edgerton. Uh, but I have Jason seen Hancock, which means I have seen every Jason Bateman movie. <laughs> the thing that the thing about the gift is like the same way. I think like this kind of feels like Jason Bateman doing his arrested development character. But it's the only person I know him from. Right. But like, this is him. it's such Again, a same it's, character. But it's such a different context that it totally works. Right. Yeah. yeah. The gift goes that direction with horror. Like Jason Bateman is kind of doing the same thing, but he's in such a different movie, it reads completely differently. Interesting. A, a much watch. A must much watch. One of the most underrated movies of the last ten years. Nice. Yeah. All right. 
So do we want to give this movie a, a grade? I'm giving it an A. I'll say. Yeah, I'll, I'll say give it an A minus, just yeah. for the sake of character <laughs> recognizability, and then also some maybe creative liberties with the actual history of events yeah. of people who are very much still alive. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, is what it is. Oh, and two other things. One, I liked how they addressed because there's always been a controversy about those two dudes who made who came up with the name Air Jordan. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I like how they kind of just like address that within the text, where it's like yeah. these two people arrived at it independently. Which is something that happens all the time. Like uh, like the Black Sabbath songs Iron Man came yeah. out the same year as the first Iron Man comic. And they kind of sound similar. That's but they, dope. But they, there's no way they would have known about each other. Like based on, like they were released within two weeks of each other in a pre-internet world across an ocean. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, so yeah, that kind of thing is, is in there. But yeah, I, I give it an A. I don't give it an A plus because I don't think it's quite there visually but i think it does it's not perfect (laughs) no it's not but one other thing i think was undersold or underrepresented was the importance of peter moore this guy who's peter moore the designer yeah that's that's what i mean like i thought the whole movie was going to be like design the design yeah 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 i think even though it wasn't and we i knew that kind of going in about how it was like the story of sonny vaccaro is like a, a person working for nike uh, I, I think it was it was underrepresented because Moore's career is like they didn't really go on to stress the exact like scale of what he did as far as like what it contributed yeah. to the brand. They painted, like, like, he, they painted him as like a weird little dude in a basement. Yeah, they, Which and they described the movie, but yeah, they described so they described the fact that he made the shoe. They described the fact that he made the Jumpman logo, but he also made the original Wings logo, the Air Jordan logo that appears on every Jordan one on the side, and that also went on to be on the Jordan two, and then the Jordan three, and everything after that had the Jumpman. And we we talk about like the volume of shoes that were sold based on like the movie, like that first year. But you look at the numbers that Jumpman as a brand or Jordan does as a brand today and how everything carries those logos and just like the scale at which this artist's work, this designer's work is out there and being consumed by like people all over the world. And after his career with Nike, he went on to work for Adidas. He designed the Adidas three stripes logo. Yeah, he designed the mountain logo. Yeah, the, the diagonal three stripes is him. So like he's had an incredible career and I think that to kind of relegate him to be like a side character who is kind of like, again, like you said, the weird guy in the basement was a little bit of an unfortunate choice. Um, Cause in order to, yeah. to bring on an athlete like Jordan, you had to have a team firing on all cylinders and design was one of those elements yeah. for sure. Yeah. The only, yeah. And like, I think that's a lot more of a valid complaint. Uh, the only thing is that like, if you blow out that role, then it's like, well, either one, you're making a completely different movie. Cause this movie's sure. very much about like courting the legend. So you have to, you have to think of it like when you're making a movie, you have to think like, I have so many minutes, where do I put them? Yeah. And it's like but the fact that this is a sub two hour movie, I think you could make the argument that if you spend an extra fifteen on Peter Moore's design process or whatever the hell it else is gonna do with it. And that's valid, why I, right? I think that and that's why I think it's valid. I think like if you think that could be accomplished in 10-15 minutes, okay, that's a conversation. That's absolutely a valid point. No. Uh but yeah, like, and I just think like, you know, you think about how this movie is, you know, constructed and made mm-hmm. and like, I think like that decision ultimately makes sense. But I, once again, I think that's a valid point. 
Yeah, and they could have even done it in the sub, like the the final, yeah, the final moments where they do like the text. Like they could have talked about the fact that the Jordan One went on to become like this, you know, shoe embraced by all these different athletic communities for its own purposes. Like the fact that it was taken in as a skating shoe in like the '90s and the 2000s because of its platform, and then has become like this lifestyle icon for a new generation, and like all this stuff that they just didn't yeah. really touch on. They just kept it focused on like that moment in time. Yeah, I just think that that was the goal. Yeah. yeah, I don't Although think they fact, want to talk about the shoe. The fact that they show the fact that they show Jordan talking about his mother later and like the influence she had on him is really cool. It's just too bad that w- given that like they say like oh it appears on every Jordan product now it's like well you could have given us a little more detail about the now with that right, being yeah. said. Yeah. Oof. For sure. All right. Recommendations. Let's do recommendations. Who wants to go first? Not me. I gotta pull them up. I would, like, do my... I would like to go last because my final one's going to be a little ranty. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, my first one, we kind of touched on it last week. First one would be Mississippi Queen. Absolutely phenomenal song. Wow. F- fantastic song. One of the best guitar no riffs ever. Perfect. Instantly recognized. Now, I got to tell you, man, I'm a huge sucker for Southern rock. I, I'm not a big country music listener, but I love some good old-fashioned southern rock and i think this is just like that to a t it's the definition <laughs> yeah jazz are you pulled up yes i have one for you this one is called good day by d baby not the baby d-e-e-b-a-b-y all one word what's it called Good day. But is it about a good day? One would assume. Is it as good as Ice Cube's good day? No. Today was not that good. Of, <laughs> today was not that good of a day. He didn't even I was have say to, that's he a... did not even have to use his AK. Yeah. Looked up, the, the right. Goodyear Blimp says Ice Cube's a pimp. Yeah. Dude. I'm recommending that song now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> also, I just want to say we're talking we talked about air. It took all of my being to not recommend Sister Christian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Motorant. <laughs> All right. So my first one, the second song I'm gonna recommend is a rock song. So I was okay. like, okay, let me get a song that has two songs worth of rapping in it. Uh, so I'm recommending Six Foot Seven Foot by Lil Wayne. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Dude, that song, the DJ pulled it up, and I was like, yes. Six foot seven. Let's foot, go. Use my charisma. Vodka with the spritzer. Swag. Just start going off. <laughs> All that shit, Patricia. Young money militia. Shut up. I hate you oh, so God. much. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Is that the one with um Teddy Fuck Madonna is over and over? Yeah. Nice. But so. <laughs> I was right, gonna Jeff. be hoes and I couldn't blame Sandy. Oh, actually, no, it's me, sorry. Yeah, um I'm going to do an unreleased track uh, by Kendrick Lamar. You can find it on SoundCloud. I've been trying to give at least one SoundCloud song a week. I'm going to do Hooligan. Absolutely slaps. I feel like every single song. I've never heard it. You have to send it to me right now. Okay. Every single song this band makes, even if it's half complete, it's just better than your favorite artist. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jasper. All right. 
Brandon, this one's just for you because oh you've God. never listened to All Heroes, Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Uh, we're doing Overdue, Metro Boomin and Travis Scott. Is this a subtweet? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Might no, as well tagged, be. No, you tagged me in it. <laughs> good. At Brandon. Good song, though. Yeah. Very good. Very good song. I don't oh, doubt I'm... it. I like Metro Boomin a lot. Like, Metro Boomin's great. Like, okay, so my last one. Uh, it's going to be a little ranty because, like, I was the DJ served me this song and I went back. I listened to the entire album like four times this week. Jesus. Okay. So, and Purvis, I really, I, I really want uh, you to boy. listen to this song. Well, okay. no, I think you're going to like it. The song okay. I'm recommending is called Why Don't You Get a Job by The Offspring. <laughs> oh, okay. You've this before. No, I recommended a different song by The Offspring called oh, Gone Away. Okay, okay. Yes. This one is off their 1998 album Americana. Yep. Which is a incredibly well-aged concept album. Okay. And the song yeah, that's my dude. This, I, I hate This is the album that has Pretty Fly for a White Guy on it, yeah. just so you know. Like, now like look, here's the thing, right? Um, I mentioned this to Jasper when we hung out. I was like, look, some things they age unevenly. You know? Uh I think this Believe it or not, I think in the context of the album, I think Pretty Fly for a White Guy is actually kind of holds up because the album is very much about like the societal decay among the youth in the late 90s. And Pretty Fly for a White Guy is pretty clearly like, isn't it fucked up that a bunch of white people are just stealing black culture? It's just a valid emotion expressed very immaturely. Uh, but this song, Purvis, Type this song in. I want you to listen to the first three seconds right now. Okay. I want, and I want your reaction. Why don't you get a job? Yeah. Oh, I got to turn it up. (laughs) Did you hear? (laughs) Why do I know this song? Yeah, it's like, it's one of those songs everyone knows. Right? And like, I think like, I, I just think this album holds up. It, look, it's nowhere near as good, but it reminds me a lot of Good Kid Mad City. Just like it, it really is like Good Kid Mad City for the suburbs of the late 90s. Oh. <laughs> that is a claim. That is a bold. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond say. to that. <laughs> list, go, go listen to the album and then you can respond. You can you can tell me I'm, I'm full of shit when you listen. No, to I don't think you're full of shit. I just think that equating anything <laughs> that any any experience I, that is had in the suburbs is just like oh i don't know i don't know man i don't know they there's a song about like the increase in like drug addiction which is very yeah. much like a suburban thing there's yeah, a song about sure. like mental health issues and dating there's a song there's one song that like i unabashedly love but it definitely does not age well it's called walla walla yep. it's basically about like it's like being happy that your degenerate friend is going to jail. It's like, no, this is your fourth VCR you stole. You are going to go to jail now. Like, <laughs> so, it's time to stop. So, like, I, I j- look, I'm not saying it's as good of an album, but in terms of like a up close view and like a very specific perspective on like society and like a very clear concept, it yeah. really, really holds up. Purvis, it's 45 minutes. And the other thing is that it's not metal. This is like pop punk. You know, yeah. this is closer. Yeah. This, and I think the title track is one of my favorite punk songs of all time. Uh, 
Yeah, no, that's my recommendation. All right, but yeah. Oh, and the best part is like right when you think why don't you get a job is getting a little misogynistic, they switch they up the course. No, they switch up the gender. Like oh, they literally okay, say, like, now let's talk about the other friend. And then it's like, my friend has a boyfriend and she hates that dick. Like, and then they just like <laughs> switch it up. Like but. so and that's the other thing is that like it's nice listening to an album from the nineties and being like, oh, there's like no slurs in here that are no longer in vogue. Like <laughs> that it is rare to find that. That's a nice feeling. Like <laughs> I feel like the early 2000s had that problem a little more than the 90s because I feel you like things what? got I, ed- edgier going I in. I definitely agree because like Nirvana like definitely set a precedent for like that shit is not tolerated. And yeah, you can definitely... and you don't need it to make good music. No, you definitely don't. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, the early 2000s really brought in a lot of that shit. There was so much shock value in, like, Will Smith well, yeah. don't got to cuss in his raps to sell records. Well, yeah. I do, so fuck him and fuck you, too. Well, that that's that's exactly, like, who, who started it. Like, and, like, you don't think Eminem played a huge factor in that? No, he did for sure, but I don't think he's, well, because, so Slim Shady LP was 98, right? And then... I don't know exactly which year. I actually thought I was, like, 95. <sighs> no, it's not that early. Once again, like I, if if it's ninety eight, that totally is valid. But I, not slime shady LP. Ninety nine, actually, yeah. Because wow. infinite was ninety eight. Infinite yeah. was ninety eight. Ninety nine. Then it was two thousand one. Yeah. I think, or no, two thousand. But yeah, I was just like, I don't know, because like, he wasn't at critical mass yet. Yeah. I feel like there were other people in that same vein. I don't know. It's yeah. Well, there was also it also came from a bunch of different angles. I think new metal had a lot of that too. But yeah. like you think like Limp Biscuit, absolutely covered in that, like covered yeah. in like that fake edginess that just like was very in vogue in the late two thousand. I think Kid Rock was also in Kid that Rock. But then like scene. someone like Corn, I don't think edgy aesthetically for sure, but not sure. lyrically. You yeah, know? not in that yeah. in that sense. You know what I mean? Green Day had a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Not but as But not to the same. Not to yeah. the same extent, and especially not in the 2000s. Yeah. You know, like... American, Definitely early 90s. Early like 90s. Mid-90s. Yeah. yeah, and like, boy, talk about a career that ebbed and flowed. Like... Yeah. We um, remember Green Day during the Obama era as much as we wish we did, oh didn't. I, I, Green Day closed Lollapalooza last year, and I saw Denzel Curry instead. And American Idiot was the first album I ever bought. I would have gone to Green Day. Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going to miss the artist who put out my favorite album of the year to see an That's artist fair. who hadn't That's put fair. out a good album since George Bush was in office. That, hey, <laughs> hey, I like Revolution Radio. Then I would see, then I would talk to a There therapist. are dozens of us. I would, I would, I would go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I feel like it's got some solid songs. It's. Yeah, it could have been a lot time, worse. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. It's no long view. It's no nimble. No, it's not. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. It's, you know, character development. They don't I have mean, to make the same song every time. They don't have to be ACDC. Yes, you're right. It doesn't have to be the same song every time, but it should be good every time, and that's my point. Like I feel I, like there's I, only I think there's only like two songs on there that I would I would say I don't think are good. I think I, others are like okay. I mean, I just bounced off that one because like twenty first century breakdown, I felt it was like, oh, this is an American idiot, but worse. And once I heard like Uno, Do, Tre, no, Dep, done. I didn't. No, yeah. I mean, this one is, yeah, I think, a I breath, heard, breath of fresh air from that for sure. I, I, I listened to, and the other one, their most recent one, like the Father of All. It. I haven't listened. Awful. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, no, it's 
maybe look i would not doubt revolution radio is the best album they made since american idiot it's the first thing they made when trump got in office they need a they need a republican president to rage against in order to to make good music yeah well funny how that worked out we'll see how that goes Uh, yeah yeah all right guys i'm gonna go to bed (laughs) i'm just gonna go right there until next week until next week we got same bad of, time. We got same a, bad channel. I love that. Same unpaid time. Same. <laughs> same free public access channel. Yeah. The three nobodies. It's pirate city. radio, and the truth will not be silenced. Like I guess. <laughs> I'm Christian Slater from that movie. <laughs> All right.